1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. This is the Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott.
2: Happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. I knew it. I had a feeling. Good morning, Grant. I had a feeling that my voice was going to come over. Is that, is that embedded in the system forever? Yep. Does SCNZ have rights I, to that, yeah. or can I play yeah, yeah, those got, with me?
3: You, you've clearly not read your uh, contract <laughs> well. You basically <laughs> sign over your life. Record wow. your thoughts. They're recording your thoughts at night too.
2: I might actually get another gig for that because I sound very clear and melodic.
3: You sound like something. <laughs> Good morning, Grant. Good hey. morning, everybody. Welcome into the show. This is the Saturday session. Happy birthday to us.
2: And to all our listeners and friends of SENZ. One year. I can't believe it's gone really quickly. You've got a lot grayer in this year.
3: Have I? Yeah, I reckon you I didn't have. I do not think that was possible. <laughs> See, this is a function of covering Wellington Sport for 20 years, Grant.
2: We should do it before and after of me now because I reckon I'm going to uh, – I had a haircut yesterday, really grey. There was a lot of greys.
3: Yeah, and you've trimmed the beard too. Yeah, trimmed it up. It's, it's the first
2: birthday. You've got to look good for exactly. your birthday.
3: Yeah, so happy birthday to us, SENZ, and to you, the listeners. Thanks for your support. Uh, we've loved it. Uh, we're only a small part of the station now, aren't we, on a Saturday morning. But I must admit, I love arriving, working with Grant and Ben, um, and speaking to you. Um, you know the number, and we'd love to speak to you today on 0800 150 811. The lines are always open. You'll get through straight away. Um, toll-free as well, so there's all the incentive you need. And you get to speak to a um, former Black cap and Top bloke, and Grant Elliott, um, and myself, Daniel McCarty. Uh, we are through till 1 o'clock. Ben, Francis, producer extraordinaire. Happy birthday to you, Ben. Thanks for the early stitch-up. I had no idea about it, Grant, but I uh, fully endorse it.
2: <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Ben. Happy birthday! And yeah, you've got a little treat for us here that we can only open a little bit later. It says "Happy Birthday, Snake and Jav," and a little parcel which has. Please on
3: it await instructions from Ben. And there's a very suspicious additional information on the actual package. Fresh produce, produce, urgent. Urgent. Thanks. It sounds like it's going off to me. It's scary. It's scary. Ben, t- tell me, t- tell me the highlight of your twelve months on SCNZ, clearly not the Saturday session.
0: Oh, probably. Well, Saturday session's definitely on the list, especially working with two icons like Daniel McCarty, Radio Sport Extraordinaire, and Grant Elliott, the man that cost me $120 in 2015. Oh, are
2: you still going on about that? <laughs> he's yeah.
3: never going to let it go, mate. What about and the And you shirt? need to let it go that he's not going to let it go until you let it go that he's not going to let it go. I won't let it go.
2: But I'm, I'm letting it go, and I sent him a shirt. Leave it took me a leave. year to get in, get in that shirt down there. Well, I'm going to blame it on COVID.
3: And let me guess, it doesn't fit, Ben, considering how small he is and how big you are? No. Tall, that is. He's big, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. He's not wide. He's not wide. He's just tall. It's
2: stretchy material. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely a, hi- <laughs> definitely a highlight would be doing the Saturday session, but uh, from a personal perspective as well, getting uh, at the Occy, the dart show up and running, is, uh, was quite Brilliant. quite a highlight. So, yeah, very pleased with that.
3: There was a single tear during the first show of that, wasn't there? Might have been two. Rolling down the cheek. Might have been two. <laughs> uh, welcome aboard. Uh, welcome aboard, everyone. Ben, Grant, myself, and you. 0800 The lines are open. We want uh, you to play a significant part of the show, as you do each and every Saturday. Uh, what else is coming up? Well, it's been, uh it's been a hot seat for the All Blacks.
2: Really, hasn't it?
3: Um, and staying on the theme of hot, we are going to talk hot. We're going to talk the hottest of the hot, the hottest sport that possibly can be, because we're all, we're all about the big, uh, the big, big events, and the crazy stories out there. And uh, we're going to catch up with Clint Meyer on the national chili eating competition. This is the thing, Grant. This is an actual thing, did and I think did... they're deep into this. I think they're in heat seven of the uh, the National Chilling Eating Champs in Christchurch. We'll catch up with them a little bit later this hour. And our Saturday Dale, Session Legends. Oh, D- Dale. And, and Dale. Is Dale making an appearance? No, I
2: don't think Dale is. I don't
3: think Dale is making an appearance. Yeah. And and after 12 o'clock, our Saturday Session Legends segment. Last week, Ooh, we, uh, talked about the, good. we talked about the game that no one should talk about because it was the anniversary of uh, the 2019 Cricket World Cup final. We spoke to Mike Sandal about that. Uh, extraordinary game, that painful game his wonderful career of over 10 years being manager of the Black Caps uh, well there was another anniversary last weekend uh, 22 years ago 22 years ago Grant uh, in front of over 108,000 people in Australia uh, the Wallabies looking for the 11th straight test victory took on the All Blacks in one of the more extraordinary games of rugby the great John Eels described it as the most remarkable game he ever played in that's something from a guy who won two World Cups in '91 and '99, So in 2000, the All Blacks played uh, Australia. Many have called it the game of the century, which I thought was a bold call, considering it was the first year of the century. Uh, But of course, uh, that extraordinary uh, Bledisloe Cup encounter uh, in Australia. Well, how fitting
2: as well to follow that up from the 2019 Cricket World Cup, which was called the game of probably the the one-day era. You can't really top that. If you're an English fan, if you're a New Zealand fan, you want to forget that. But, you know, we're very blessed to get these um, these guests on our show, especially in the legend segment. They give so much insight, but to follow it up with the, the rugby game that is tipped as the game of the century. I was obviously a Springbok supporter in those days. You still so are according
3: probably... to a lot of our callers. What? I know.
2: I'll tell you what, if you call and you call, me, uh, call in and you call me a Springbok supporter, we're, we are, we're dropping the line. I don't know, can we do that, Ben? Well,
3: can Ben can, you, you signal, can't, um, but you're line. trusting Ben to actually drop the call. Yeah. That could be your first mistake. Uh, we're going to catch up with a man who scored a try in that game. He's a good friend of radio, uh, sorry, uh, SENZ. Um, we're going to catch up with Peter Alatini, awesome. um, who only happened to mark, you know, Jason Little in that game. So I can't wait to catch up with him about that extraordinary encounter, playing in front of such an, an amazingly large crowd. And a game that uh, was wild, really, from the opening whistle as New Zealand raced out to a huge 21-0 lead in a blink of an eye. Australia led at halftime. And, of course, uh, you know who scored the winner. You betcha. Jonna Lomu in the left-hand corner. Um, Can't wait to revisit the um, 2000 Blue's Low Cup match uh, between Australia and New Zealand as part of our Saturday session Legends segment. We not only speak to athletes about their legendary careers, but we speak about the legendary games, legendary seasons. That is all still to come. But we want to hear from you on 0800 150 811. Uh, there's a lot to get into, shall we say, Mr. Grant Elliott.
2: Yeah, there is. Oh, Just listening to it during the week. I mean, I caught a, a number of shows in the morning driving into work and I heard Baz on the show with uh, Israel Dagg and Kempy. Uh, he, he made an interesting point. He said it's really good how passionate the fans are. It shows that they care. And I quite liked it. That was a positive. What are you talking about? Just, you know, the Your whole. Way. Oh, right.
3: Sport. Sorry. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was unaware what you were talking about there. It's wow. almost like there's only one issue in New Zealand sport this week.
2: Yeah, one issue in the whole country. Yeah, it was. Well, but I think that that issue's been put to bed. Well, that's what Has I it? thought until I woke up and saw the articles. Um, but well, you don't and they I say I both no news
3: it. is good news And there was no real news yesterday But I don't think it's been interpreted as good news And people are predicting bad news still to come It's all a little bit confusing It was a bit of a mess of a week, fair to say And we'll go, break down the anatomy of that And actually, most importantly, get the reaction of the fans out there It's a really important time Absolutely. Uh, to hear from the fans So uh, we'll get to the job at hand Which is, of course, updating you As you ready yourself for your Sporting Saturday uh, The Sporting News you may have missed out on uh, Overnight uh, we call it editor-at-large, as Grant and I will probably offer our unwarranted opinion uh, throughout this segment. Uh, the big feature of this hour, we're going to open the lines. We we want to react with you uh, to what's happened uh, with uh, the All Blacks last Saturday, of course, during that test series against Ireland, and uh, in the subsequent days since. We'll do that on the other side of our break, but first, uh, the sporting uh, headlines you need to know about. Let's start with uh, Grant's uh, specialty topic, Mastermind. Uh, cricket, of course. Uh, the Black Caps have sealed a clean sweep of the T20 International Series against Ireland. The Ireland aren't very good at sport. Um, taking victory in the third and final match by six wickets in Belfast. Chasing 175 for victory and unbeaten 56 to Glenn Phillips. Laid the platform for the Black Caps victory before a brisk cameo of 23 not out. From just six balls from Jimmy Neesham, sealed the win with an over to spare. Meanwhile, a thrilling... A Bowling performance helped uh, England level the one-day international series against South Africa with an emphatic 118-run win, defending 202 in 29 overs. A devastating th- uh, new ball burst reduced South Africa to six for four. Six for four, or an Australian parlance, four for six. It's four for six. It's uh, yes. like four overs, and they were eventually bowled out for just 83. To the NRL we do go. Our Knights coach Adam O'Brien admitted his side chance of making the finals are over after they were thrash 42-12 by the Roosters, the Knights sit 13th with six uh, games remaining and are eight points outside the top eight with a woeful points differential of minus 224, Alchi. Meanwhile, Ben Hunt continued his uh, great season to carry the Dragons to a 20-6 to win over the Seagulls. The Warriors are in action this afternoon against the Raiders. And, um... Lastly, uh, tennis fans are used to seeing Ruffin and Nail, Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer, and Andy Murray by tooth and nail to beat each other at Grand Slam events, but the Big Four are set to play together in the same team for uh, the first time at the Labour Cup in London. Uh, the Wimbledon champion Djokovic has been named as the fourth member of the six-man team Europe. The 35-year-old Serb joining his long-time rivals at the fifth edition of the ATP-sanctioned event uh, from September 23rd to 25th. There you have it, all the uh, the latest uh, sporting news you need to know about. Guess what, Grant? The lines are already starting to get busy. So uh, before we take a break, should we go to our calls? I think Mikey, is it? G'day, Mikey. Y- yeah, go hey with guys, Mikey. happy birthday.
4: Yep, oh, thank you, mate. Oh, happy thanks, birthday to Mikey. you. Happy
3: birthday to you. Where's my gift, Mikey? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no gift.
4: Well, maybe a gift. It this is the gift. This is this, the gift. Uh, session. <laughs>
3: Well, no, hey, uh, I'm delighted uh, you've I've called in, it. and you calling in is good enough for us as far as birthday gifts, Mikey. <laughs> the floor is yours. What do you? What have you got to say?
4: Well, Daniel, uh, you've never been backwards with coming forwards, and I've got an opinion, and I'd love your take on it. Um, I'd like to take a pot shot at the media. Um, I've been uh, Smithy's session that he has on. The, he has a couple of guys, Junos, come on, and they have their opinions. And I've been reading the papers, and I've been taking massive broadsides at Ian Foster and his team and mm-hmm. to, and I agree with what they've been saying. But that session yesterday when they actually had Ian Foster and asked him questions was so meek and mild and I was very disappointed that they weren't really asking the hard questions. So everyone's really brave when they've got their own byline and they can hide behind a paper or they can hide behind um talking to you guys. But when it actually came time to talk to Ian Foster and give him some Pretty tough questions that they should have asked. They failed. And I'm just curious. So, th- so they, were nice. that.
3: They, they were too nice. They so were way. too nice in some way. Mikey, I, I think of, overall the sentiment you are projecting to me is one I agree with. I think it is much easier um, from the comfort of your home if you're writing an opinion piece to, to fire broad shots. It's much more difficult to look Grant Elliott in the eye and say your Wellington firebirds were rubbish. Um, I, I might say it on air, but but, but I think that's I think that's human nature. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did used to do that. But but but, Mikey, can I take you back? Actually, I must admit that before the game, I was a little bit worried where the All Blacks' heads were. Um, I was an event where a senior All Black um, figure in the management team spoke, and I, I thought it was going to be one of those pretty standard X's and O's. This is how the game's going to go, so on and so forth. Rather, my attention was grabbed by the fact that this person had m- multiple unsolicited cracks at the media. The appalling New Zealand media, um, uh, I might be paraphrasing there, but that that certainly stuck out to me. And I did wonder where the heads were at. Such a primitive way to look at things, you know, to to, to lump all the media in one go. Um, But I think, Mikey, I don't think New Zealand media or any media should be above reproach. And in fairness, I think media gets judged publicly a a lot more than most industries. So you think the the line of questioning actually was on the, the softer side yesterday, that it wasn't appalling.
4: Uh, look, I, I've, I've listened to a couple of Ian Smith's interviews with people, and he he's very respectful, but he asks hard questions. And I think yes. that's, that's like, we're not like The Sun, we're not like English media, which are, which are horrible. I lived over there for a number of years, and they, they are terrible. Yes. Um, mm. and, and, and as New Zealanders, we're not like that. But at the same time, you can be respectful, but ask very hard questions. And I don't think they did that. And that's... I guess that's my pot shot, really, is is that, that I've read a ton of stuff in the papers, and they really have gone to town on the All Blacks, and rightfully yeah. so. But front up if you're there in front of the man. You know, don't yeah. don't, don't be all... Yeah, I, I just thought that was disappointing.
3: No, yeah. no, and before Grant leaps in on this, well, I'm glad you raised this, Mikey, because one of the questions I had written down, uh, because then I saw that the after the press conference was cancelled, All Blacks media manager uh, Joe Malcolm and her well-publicised LinkedIn post certainly implied, at least to this reader, me, I'm talking about me, my own interpretation, that the coverage has been unfair, nasty, hurtful. And I did actually want to ask um, people like you, Mikey, and the general public, how do you judge coverage of New Zealand media when it comes to the All Blacks? So you think it's quite harsh at times when they don't have to eyeball someone?
4: Well, yeah, like like I don't. Like everyone, we've all got opinions, and that's fine. But if you if you're going to write it, and I assume most of these guys possibly were at that media conference yesterday, back it up. Don't 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 hide behind your bylines. I think that's fairly important because the yep. line of questioning I thought was fairly meek and and mild. Um, but in saying that, like like I said, like like Ian Smith in particular, his I found like a couple of his interviews, especially with some of the the cricket guys, have been. Very hard penetrating questions, but he's also at the same time very respectful when he does it. So yeah, it, and it you can possible, do both, right? Mikey.
3: You can do both. You yeah. can do both. It's a,
2: Absolutely, it's, it's fair to say, Mikey. I think you know, cricket. Definitely in my era, we experienced real tough journalism. A lot of it was negative, yeah. so we had to front up to that. But I think this is almost uncharted territory for both the journalists and the All Blacks because it's always been good. So <laughs> not always sort of testing it out here, and I think when i when i was in the um the competitive side of uh, of sport as an athlete i think firm but fair was always something that i enjoyed which is why the man next to me i think he was always very firm and very fair on the firebirds when we went through that awful era um and you have to front you have to front with the good yeah, you and you have to front with the bad
3: hey mikey happy birthday yeah. to you mate thanks for kicking us off have a great yeah. saturday thanks mikey it was our uh, Mikey Christchurch. Let's go further south. Our good mate, Dean. Happy birthday to you, Dean.
5: It's not my birthday, mate. I had to turn the radio off yesterday when I heard Forster speak. I couldn't believe it. That is the worst, whatever it was, that he was dribbling out. And the one word that really resonated with me, and it'll resonate with you lads too, is he said he will be held accountable. Does he even know the meaning of that word? Oh, that would have been the first question I would have asked if I was a journalist there. Can you spell the word? Do you actually know what it means? (sighs) Because his accountability is finished. He shouldn't be there. But you wanted
3: accountability yesterday. There still might be accountability in three, four, five days, three weeks, three months, nine months, three years. What did
2: you need to hear, Dean? What did you need to hear from Ian Foster to make him accountable?
5: I needed to hear him say, you know what? I absolutely love the opportunity to have the best job in New
3: Zealand, but I'll realise that it's just, it's a bridge too far for me.
5: Just like Wayne Smith. You
3: wanted him to resign. And walk away. Is what you're saying, Dane.
5: Anyone, anyone, anyone with any credibility or accountability for the performances that he's, he's he's the captain of the ship. And it's terrible. He just needed to do what Wayne Smith done and keep his head held high and say, look, man up and say, look, I'm just, unfortunately, I don't believe I'm the man for the job, because we all know he's not. That, that interview was horrible. There was nothing about, the, even the announcement of the players, the way he did that, Son, this one's in, this one's not. It was like, it was the worst interview. You could tell he was struggling okay. to even get the words out.
3: Hey, Dean, fair to say if they don't win the World Cup, your opinion of him won't change, so he's got to go win a World Cup now.
5: Oh, I reckon he's the worst New Zealander we've ever had. What? He's not man enough.
3: The way. worst New Zealander? Come on, Dean, my man. No, I, no, I no, really no. enjoy speaking to you, <laughs> Dean. The worst New Zealander? Has he committed yep, heinous violent fine. acts of crime? Has he stolen no, no, millions and millions of dollars from some some poor souls no, no, out no. there? Come on, Dean. The no, worst no, no. New Zealander? I'll give you a chance yep. to be man enough to retract that statement.
5: No, not at all. I think, in the fact that he won't man up and walk away from the best job in New Zealand, it's bums on seats. This is going to affect bums on seats. I'm not going. I never thought I'd be we'll, uh, going. We'll, we'll agree to
3: disagree on this point, but we'll chat again in the future, mate. I appreciate your time. We've got to get to a break. It's already 18 after 10. Bruce, you hold the ear up next, I promise. Stay with us.
2: Thanks, Dean. Happy birthday.
3: Uh, The time is 23 minutes after 10 o'clock. This is the Saturday session. Grant Elliott is here. My name is Daniel McCarty. Ben Francis, producer extraordinaire. The lines are 0800 150 811. Uh, We're taking your calls. um, And we'll do a lot of that today. We've sort of cleared the decks for you. Um, Understandably so. It's been quite a heated week in New Zealand sports, especially when it comes to the All Blacks. Uh, Bruce has waited ever so patiently. Bruce, Grant and I, firstly, would like to say thanks so much for that. Uh, That is a very kind birthday gift to wait through a whole ad break uh, to get your turn on radio. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks, Bruce. Happy birthday.
6: Uh, likewise, gentlemen. Um, well done for the last year, and, and uh, let's enjoy the next 20. Um, I've always been a patient person. I, I blame my mother for that, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Just one quick quick comment, and I don't want to make this personal at all. I've heard a Dean, last caller, all week has been hammering uh, Foster and Co. all week. and Listen, we love our game. It's, it, it is maybe still the national game, but that's changing. Um, but it's a game of rugby. Um, the gentlemen are trying to do their job. They don't want to lose. And let's just believe um, it at that. You know, there comes a point where it's, we hear too much. So can I just change change the subject to weep well, or slightly to the refereeing uh, brigade that have, have been uh, appointed for the, the rugby championship you mean uh, you Grant, mean 12
3: officials 12 officials 12, and not one south african right. amongst them right
6: yeah, yeah. I had for, I, i'm not sure It says the rest of yoko piper and um, but there's maybe a slight um, sway towards um, uh, northern hemisphere um uh, da, 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 da. In France next year, perhaps um, looking towards different types of refereeing away from the Southern Hemisphere, is this maybe a snub against South Africa? I don't know. How do you read it, Grant?
2: Yeah, I don't know, Bruce. I mean, I, I don't have a, a direct line into SA Rugby, but...
3: And I don't think you <laughs> jot down the 12 best rugby referees every week.
2: No. but That's
3: I, what it should be, right? It should be meritocracy.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, during COVID time, we saw in in cricket, we had a lot of um, local umpires. And I know that that was probably, I guess, the risk of bias was mitigated by technology. Um, So so it's just the interpretation of the rules in rugby. When you have a hometown referee, you do not want to put yourself in that position as a governing body. You always wanted to be, um, you know, someone from uh, another country, to uh, to avoid that bias call and to avoid people burning the stadium down. Bruce, we don't want Loftus. <laughs> are they going to be playing at Loftus? Is Loftus they a venue? Alice,
3: they got Ellis Park.
2: Ellis Park, always tough. Tell you what, Bruce, when you get to Ellis Park, high altitude, sucking your oxygen through a straw there, that is a tough, tough place to play. Yeah, hey, hey Bruce,
3: you, you, you're, you're, taking a level, you're taking a level-headed approach to where the All Blacks currently are, sort of, you know, polar opposite mm. to our previous caller, so what are your expectations then for this trip to South Africa?
6: Uh, I'd be realistic and say if they can win one of the matches, uh, they're probably doing pretty well. It's a pretty hard place to play. Um, look, look to the second and the third match, we, we watched two different referees make probably three very divisive, maybe incorrect decisions, which... Which made a huge impact on the game, and you know the three probably the three decisions. So, if that you know if those hadn't happened, and most people agree that they were ridiculous decisions, um, you know the the results would have been very different. We may have been talking about a uh, a two-one series win to us.
3: Well, it would have been and, two-nil uh, at that stage because what New Zealand won the first well, test comfortably. So I yeah. I, I okay, think that scoreline did that's flatter right. New Zealand a little bit. But in a lot of ways, you know, halfway through that series, you wouldn't say they're hopelessly off track, uh, Bruce. Th- and that's what you're focusing no. in on.
6: No, that's right. And, hey, we, you know, we had two or three pretty useful players that were out through injury or other reason, um, which really sort of messed with the, the combinations, especially in the, the midfield. So, no, I'm I'm not burning the stake or the flag or anything. It's, as I said, it's, we, we're passionate about it. We'd, like, we'd mm. like to have good results. We simply can't win all the time. Times have changed. And you, you have to be realistic about it. You, you go down and watch these guys. They train hard. They give everything. And sometimes you've got to give credit to the opposition. You know, Ireland so, uh... bonded together very well.
2: Bruce, I and want to ask perhaps, you then, what 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 would you be happy with for the next World Cup, for New Zealand in terms of how they the, the position they end up on? Happy? Yeah. Content. Content. If you're content. saying, well, you know, we can't expect to win all the time, would you be happy if we came third or fourth in the next World Cup? Yeah, I
6: probably would. I don't think it. Uh, really? I would you'd be happy right now? Well, France France have been nurturing an incredibly good side for the last four or five years, and I expect probably France to win it. They're a very talented um, young team. The country's and, never and, won it. Well, I, uh, you know, I'm pretty, I think they've got a hell of
3: a oh, like chance Bruce, of
6: winning I, I,
3: it. Bruce, I'm not criticising your They've been really, really impressive. Yep. They haven't won it. I, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the World Cup. I must admit, I think New Zealand get but, obsessed with the World Cups, too far out. But, but I think this one is actually one shaping up as quite... Yeah, of course you can.
6: I want to play in the now. I'm absolutely sick of hearing oh, yeah. we're planning for the yeah. World Cup in two years' time. How about put our best players on the field now and concentrate on this game right now? Every time, if you take care of the now, that probably takes almost, we'll sort it out in the future. As you get there, if you're playing your your best combinations and your best team, mm. momentum, everything. Well, you know, that's how I see sport. I don't, when I trained teams years ago, I didn't say, hey, guys, we're just going to not give it everything now because we've got a match in six weeks' time we really want to win. That's ridiculous. You don't do that.
3: Good on you, Bruce. Well, I don't think there's going to be voice much experimentation reason. when it comes... Uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> the self-appointed <laughs> voice of reason. I love that, Bruce. Go a great talk, Saturday guys. afternoon, Hep. Thanks so much Thanks for joining for us. Bang on half past ten. Uh, we've got to take a short break. We'll be back. Um, sh- feel free to join us. Um, I-100-150-811. there will be plenty of opportunity throughout the show uh, to get your voice across. Love to hear from you back after this break. This is the Saturday session on ECNZ. 25 minutes away from 11 o'clock. We're going to talk uh, National Chili Eating Competition. Oh. It's all about the heat today. The heat. Bring the, the heat. heat. Bring the heat. Yeah, I can't wait for that uh, because, you know, Every sport we like to cover, the more colourful, the better. Our next caller has a wonderfully colourful name, Irish John. Irish John. Morning. I won't, I won't say top of the morning to you because we all know that's just uh, incorrect now, isn't it? Good morning. How are you today?
7: Morning, John. First of all, I'm alive. That helps. It's a bonus. Being alive. <laughs> no. How,
3: fi- how did you feel tired. Sunday morning? How did you feel Sunday morning after your side's brilliant performance?
7: We're still recovering. <laughs> we're still recovering. Now, I met a guy this morning. I'm sick of it. I'm over it. He said, oh, you were lucky. Uh, you had the breaks. blah, 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 the riffs, all these excuses. I'm sick to death of it. Well,
3: I okay. think you should be, John. Um, uh, our, th- this what, is what I wrote and I, I uh, haven't what, got no, to no, these. Can I finish? Outgunned, outsmarted, outscored. Yeah.
7: Yes. I'm, I'm tired of it. like, so I said to the guys, so well, what do you want? you want to do the test series? And you're you're a bitch in a moan. Like, oh, we need good teams. We want we don't want an A and B team. Okay, and you got your test. I said, oh, well, no, no. The rest, and I, I just gave up.
2: Yeah, I, I think, um, Irish John, okay. I don't think rugby has been celebrated enough. Like, it, it was a great series from the Irish. I haven't heard anyone talk about how well the Irish are playing. Because I was, I was absolutely astounded at just yeah. how slick they were. Their handling area, there were hardly any handling area How far
3: ahead of the All Blacks the in that opening, 14 minutes in Wellington, were they? Yeah. They were so far ahead yeah. of New Zealand in that first half.
2: And it was great viewing if you're an Irish fan, wasn't it?
3: Have a good day. All good. All good. Thanks, John. Irish John. A- and rightly so. Um, they've waited how many? 111 years? We yeah. had... Um, Uh, Duno Lenhan on the program, who told us last week that that was the biggest game in Irish rugby history, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I
2: know. That was amazing when he said that. 111 games we've been waiting for this. 111 years. 111 years, sorry. Um, And and also the the coach, um, who said this is exactly where we want to be going into the World Cup. We want to challenge ourselves against the world's best going into a series decider. And I don't think that it's really been celebrated enough. All we've had is this noise around, you know, the coaching structure and how poor we are. But, you know, Irish and and the Northern Hemisphere teams, which a lot of listeners have spoken about, um, are playing the game in a different way.
3: I I must admit, I I did jot this down before the show started um, because I did want to get to Ireland at some stage. I'm so thankful Irish John's actually called in. Um, You know, the All Blacks were outgunned, outsmarted, outscored by the Irish. As the Irish secure a famous and historic first Test Series win in New Zealand, Uh, I really enjoyed watching Ireland, not the results. I I really enjoyed the ingenuity on attack, their effectiveness and defence, and just their togetherness. Uh, Congrats to the Irish, and and I'll say it again, Grant, because I sense today we won't be talking about them much.
2: Yeah, no, it is. It's been all all blacks. But I think the humility, and you mentioned the togetherness, Uh, when they celebrated that victory, there was a certain humility about that uh, victory as well. It wasn't, you know, in-your-face, really brash, they, um, they were true sportsmen, I think, in, in the essence of the word. Um, and we saw uh, Lowe walk up into the stands and sit with his family, take a photo. Um, I think that they, they were all class in, in the way that they won that game. And, you know, we need to celebrate that. And competition in rugby is good. It's all right if the All Blacks lose. How are we going to bounce back? But is That's it
3: all right the if they lose four or five games?
2: Well, I think, you know, you have to... Ref- is that is a fact. Yep, the, you know we've lost. It's probably been the worst year in all Blacks' history. And Is that at, fair to say?
3: Well, I wouldn't say that. The, the year they lost five in a row was pretty ugly. Um, but it's how there you. Re- year, there were some pretty ugly years when I was not on this earth, either. Um, I hate those massively wild, you know, predictions. The worst year ever, um, unless you were there every year. Yeah. Hard to judge now, isn't it? But they they look rudderless, directionless. They look without a thing called a game plan, and you put that alongside a series loss and the general public of New Zealand is going to tilt towards focusing only in on the All Blacks now, aren't
2: they? Yeah, no, getting, getting to number one, I'd say is easier than staying at number one. You know, you look at those, those individual players in, in tennis and, and teams around the world that get to stay at number one and it is so tough because everyone's gunning for you. Everyone's reflecting. That's the standard. You have to get to that standard. Everyone's been gunning for the All Blacks. And now it's about how the All Blacks and the coaching staff, management, whoever it is, the Brains Trust get together, they reflect on it, and the fans and players need to see improvement.
3: Well, let's go through some of these text messages um, on double eight double three. They have backed up. We'll continue to take your calls as we progress. Hold fire for the time being. We're going to get to our chili eating competition shortly. I think we'll take a break before that. Should have checked with Ben. um we will. I'll read some text. We'll go to a break. See, that, that good host, following the producer's cues. There, Amazing. No? You yes.
2: guys work so well together.
3: Yeah, well, and carrying <laughs> you too. It, uh, Tyson rides Dino Chillax, pal. Yes. It's uh, succinct, straight to the point.
2: Chilly actually, ah. a little bit later.
3: Um. Yes, Ireland were fantastic and are the better team. However, it's the way the All Blacks performed and their direction that caused all the mm. fuss. rights, Ken. Um. I agree with you, Ken. Just said something similar, haven't I? Um, Brendan and Marston writes, Good morning, gents. The All Black uh sorry the Black Caps did something the All Blacks couldn't do, and that was beat Ireland in not one but two series. Oh, no, no 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 comment about the cricket. No, no, he's going Not yet. We'll speak about uh, ja- the cricket ja- later. J- Jason writes, forty four year old all black supporter, no more. Foster makes me sick and angry. Wow. That, I mean Jason. Jason, I, I feel for you. Bro, I I do. Uh, why why would you be feel sick about a coach and a team winning games? I I just I don't get it. I I don't get it. Um, Dean writes. Um, guys, a nice guy does throw his mates under the bus. I'm very <laughs> pleased Fox has gone. Also, it's not Plumtree fault. The forwards are rubbish. He can only coach what he's given. And that's the thing. Like a lot of talk about the the coach. Players have to bear a fair bit of responsibility too.
2: Yeah, no, there hasn't been much about the players. I think, you know, Sam Kane's come out of this alright. We
3: oh, We've still got the captaincy next yeah. to name, when a lot of media who were filling in the blanks after the uh, New Zealand Rugby Union's uh, sorry, New Zealand Rugby's uh, radio silence um, throwing darts against the darts board, I, I guess suggesting he was going to be gone and hey guys, happy birthday. If it gets announced in the next few days that Jason Ryan and Leon McDonald come in. Uh, Robertson's probable wanted assistance. I think Foster's gone after the Rugby Championship and Barbarian team need to get two new coaches as Razor uh, will come in and the four of them will take the team on the Northern Tour to build new mindset. Uh, we have the players. I uh, do appreciate your thoughts there. Um, yeah, I, I do wonder where we're at if they go to South Africa and lose, which is um, a distinct possibility considering the form that they have shown in recent times, the fact that South Africa are pretty darn good at rugby too.
2: Yeah, and I think the telling thing in the press conference was the defence of the rolling malls, So that comment there, you know, who's probably got the best defence, the rolling mauls? Crusaders. And Jace Ryan is in charge of that. So that's not the the worst um comments I think. Um but I guess there's more to come, isn't there? There'll be the more oppo- strategy.
3: There'll be more opportunity for you to join us on the show. It's seventeen away from eleven. We'll just start part of the rugby chat. We'll open the lines again after eleven. We promised you that. Um, the, the text and phone traffic indication, you still want to talk about it. Uh, we will take a short break, though, um, and we'll mix it up. I can't wait for this National Chili Eating Championship. Real, real athletes, Grant. Real <laughs> athletes up next. We cover every sport, every, every sport, Grant, that deserves it, especially when we get to the National Championship level. Uh, let's go to Christchurch. Let's catch up with Clint Meyer, who's from Fire Dragon Chilies in Northland, even though he's in Christchurch, because the National Chili Eating Championship um, it's heat seven, I understand. Clint, hopefully I've got that correct. Welcome to the show.
2: Morning, Clint.
3: Thank
8: you, thank you. We're not quite correct. I'm actually in the far north at the moment, so um, I'm not running this heat, but it's part of our national comp. So, um, yeah, our two-time champ, Jesse, will be going for the third time today. Um, so that's at the River Side Markets. Um, there's a bit of a hot sauce fest, and then the grand finale, the big chili eating is at 5 p.m. tonight.
3: No one likes to correct her. We love correctors. Well,
2: what makes um, what makes Jesse so, um, yeah, so amazing? So,
3: so amazing that he's, he's just known as yeah. Jesse.
2: Is he the size of a marquee?
3: <laughs> no, no, no. He's
8: not um, that big at all. Just medium sort of size guy. Um, he's got a big mohawk most of the time when he competes. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just got a solid stomach and just mentally is, um, yeah, real tough.
3: This might sound like a dumb question, but how does a chili eating competition actually work?
8: Well, we've been going for about 12 years, so it's changed a little bit over the years, but we generally start them off on a sort of a, a medium-low chili, jalapeno or a bird's eye or something like that. Um, give them a few minutes, and then we'll hit them with a hotter chili, and we just sort of keep going, getting hotter and hotter until you have one person left. Um yeah, you're not allowed to leave the table. You're not allowed to have a drink. You're not allowed to throw up. Anything like that, and you're out pretty much. Um, and so, yeah, last man or one stand, woman standing wins.
2: So, Clint, um, what tools are you allowed at your disposal? Like, I'm guessing when you get uh, up, mouth, to hotter, mouth, hot, up to the hotter up to the hotter chilies, <laughs> do you get a little cloth that like the real professionals will have a cloth on their pants? You're always are so worried about just to like a look on camera. wipe that brow oh, yeah, of sweat that. away.
8: <laughs> they get some napkins, eh? That, you know, That's pretty much about it. Um, yeah, just so they can blow their nose and you know, wipe the wipe the uh, sweat off the forehead and the face. And yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much all they get and what they wear. So yeah, it's, it's pretty brutal.
3: Do you, do you leave a big jug of water or milk or whatever liquid actually works best, like at the back of the room, as a, as sort of a temptation, or um, you know, just a way oh, well, to so frustrate yeah. them more.
8: Yeah, well, they normally have a glass of milk and a glass of beer in front of them, um, or water if they don't drink, or almond milk if they don't do dairy, um, which is that, they bring that themselves. But generally, yeah, you've got a milk and a beer, and that's the temptation um, to obviously try and get them to go out. But, you know, some people can just keep going for hours, basically, um, almost like a marathon. Uh, Yeah, I think we were close to 50 chilies last year in the final. Um, 50? And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got to about it was 39 or 40, and they were still going. There was Jesse and um, Chinese lady Wei, and um, at this point, it was getting kind of two hours, three quarters, close to three hours. Um, and then it pulled out a whole 10 chilies, and yeah, she pulled out, and Jesse sort of won the title. But we've got an Aussie coming over this year, and he just ate 160 Carolina Reapers a couple of months ago in um, Newcastle. And, uh, so what, sort of for a, shits and giggles, yeah, well, for,
3: for fun on a Sunday afternoon, I'm going to eat yeah, 160 wow. really hot-sounding chilies?
8: Well, he was trying to beat the world record of 122, which an American atomic menace sort of had. So, um, yeah, Greg Ironguts Barlow, they call him. He ate 160, <laughs> uh, 963 grams in an hour and a half. Just one after the it's other. Incredible.
3: Yeah, it's incredible. Sorry, was it called the Californian Reaper?
8: Ah, uh, the Carolina Reaper. I think there's one in that little package I sent down, but I think I just heard what? Grant might be allergic to chili, so keep it away from her. What? <laughs> what?
3: Oh, is that yeah, what this package is. is? Oh, we've, we've got okay, a happy yeah, we birthday. Had, we had a package from Ben. Surprise, you're just... you're... Oh, happy birthday, Grant Ellie. You get to have a Carolina Reaper chili.
2: I was just winding oh, uh, Ben up in, a, in the break because I saw the word chili on it. Oh, my word.
3: That. It looks angry. Do, do all chilies look this angry, Clint? Because this is an angry-looking chili.
8: Well, the one with the tail, that's the reaper, the little stinger on it, and then the other one's the ghost chili. But <laughs> you can sort of see they've got little sort of so, spikes and lumps coming out of them, so you know they're the real right. deal hot stuff. I mean, yeah.
3: Right, so so the longer, that's, the thinner of the two is the?
8: The ghost chili, or the butchalokia. The, go- so the ghost chili, the okay. World. You know, around a million scovilles.
2: The hottest in the world. Yeah. So if I just take the little tip off here, Clint, if I just take nibble. a little nibble of that, yeah. will that will that yeah. really hurt me for the rest of the show?
8: Uh, it depends how far you bite in, but it'll give you a good little good little taste of how hot they really are. Um, but you should still be able to go on, talk. Go I don't know, as long as you uh, you maybe got something to a k- drink around and you're not on
3: an empty you- stomach or anything. <laughs> Do, do, do you want to um, co-host a radio show in about five minutes? <laughs> got two hours to go. Are you going to give it a go? Do you want me to? Yeah, I'll
2: give it right? a go. But, uh, Clint, so I-, I want to. I want to ask you though. Obviously, there's a lot of handstands um, in the shower after this competition. But what what is it that you have to do to um, gear up for the competition? What sort of training so, mate, you do you know, need? You
3: know, we've only got two minutes to go, and you're di- you're diverting. You're diverting. You're trying oh to push right, this you, back you off like a you're bite. a politician. <laughs> okay, yeah. You take, <laughs> take a bite, Grant. I'll press record. Here we go. I, I think that's the ghost. Then that's the ghost chilli. It's the ghost chilli. Okay, go on, I'm going to take
2: hell a bite to the ghost chilli here.
3: Yeah, he's, he's taking a, maybe a right. centimetre oh or two. God.
2: Oh, my. Oh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh reaction's immediate. Look at his face. He, he's he's redder than the actual chili already.
2: I've swallowed it, Clint. Oh well, my word. Food. That feels like a whole packet of <laughs> whole packet of pepper.
8: It's only just gonna to build too, mate. You're only um that'll what? be a lot in another two minutes.
2: <laughs>
3: oh wow oh, really? This... Oh, oh dear. Oh dear Excuse me. Oh dear, it's probably a good time to, to stop recording. Um but the other one, the Carolina Reaper. Like, 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 How much more severe is that one?
8: Well, basically, it's about one and a half million, and can peak at that two million mark. So, um, <laughs> that's about one and a half million as well. So, it's, it's yeah, it's probably oh. another forty percent, fifty percent hotter, depending on how much you take and eat, sort of thing. Oh. So, that is,
3: fan- that is yeah. fantastic, Clint. It's, hey, thanks for joining us. Day. Make sure you make sure you tune oh. in after twelve o'clock when when Grant eats the Clint's Carolina.
9: Clint, uh, I can't cam-
2: thank you enough. <laughs> oh my goodness!
3: Yeah, mate. Well, That's quite bad the training. might give you a
8: wild card for the final, September 24th,
2: mate. <laughs> Wowzers, 160 of those.
3: Good on, good on you, Clint. Yeah, uh, good yeah. luck to everyone, Jace, the defending champion,
2: National <sighs>
3: Chili champ- uh, Championship. Grant has eaten. I'm out. What would it, what would that be, Grant? Maybe five percent of that chili. <sighs>
2: it's a good bite, though.
3: It is a well. It's actually. A
2: good I'm game. out. I'll be back.
3: Sure you're going to be back? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right. I might be down a host. He is bright red. Looks like he's been on the booze for three weeks. Uh, we will take a break. It's four minutes away from 11. <laughs> nice Saturday tunes, man. I think the red hot chili peppers would have been more appropriate. <laughs> this is the Saturday session. I'm your host and your only host. It's uh, It breaks my heart to say Granted has retired from broadcasting.
2: I'll tell you what, that was intense. That was really, really intense.
3: Mitchell Stark after a tea break with a white ball or eating another chilli.
2: Is he bowling 160?
3: He's bowling 160.
2: Mitchell Stark, any day. And really? he doesn't know where it's going either. i tell you what, that chilli, I, th- I took about a thumbnail. So I took a thumbnail. If you look at your thumbnail, I took a bite of that. Now, these chilli-eating competitors are having 120 of those what what was that 160 he had 160 the world record um i don't know how you can do that i can't even describe the intense sort of emotions that go through you and the the taste in your mouth you
3: must have no senses in your head if you're good at that sport
2: yeah and your gut and just well maybe you get used to it Maybe just get used to it. At least
3: it isn't as gross as the, you know, the World Hot Dog Eating Championship. <laughs> That's just the worst spectacle, isn't it?
2: That's a proper sport. <laughs> Should we put that on our list of things to do?
3: What? The National Hot Dog Eating Championship? Yeah. Grant versus McCarty? Yeah. Oh, I'll be a sellout, mate. I'll be an absolute <laughs> sellout. Uh, so big thanks to uh, Jason for joining us. No, it wasn't Jason. Uh, Jason's the, the champion. Chase Jace is the defending champion, of course, at our National Chili Eating Competition, which is uh, going on in Christchurch today. Uh, it was great to have uh, Clint Meyer on the program from Fire Dragon Chilies in uh, North and the Far North. He's been all over this uh, circuit for a number of years. He also sent us a little bottle of, uh, I guess, his own product, the Fire Dragon Chilies, um, And it's uh, on the label. It says, Dragon's Fury, pure, insane chili sauce.
2: Can we smell that? Let me just give it a yeah. little whiff. Yeah. I'm not going to taste it. You're tasting the other one, aren't yeah,
3: you? Yeah, I have to do the, the hottest chili in the world. Okay. I, 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 I'm a smart broadcaster who also always thinks of his uh, his audience. I'm going to do it towards the end of the show because I don't think I'm coming back from it, Grant. I think, I think there's only one way for me, and it's it's straight to chili hell. <laughs>
2: Well, the, the dragon's fury that I just took the lid off and had a little smell of. The
3: paint's coming off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Notice in the corner there's a big...
2: It's the dragon's nostril. Tell you what, singed my hairs as it went up there.
3: Need to gather ourselves. Where are we? What are we doing? Well, speaking to you, our number is oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. You can uh, text us also on three. <laughs> coming up next, our, our Saturday session legend segment uh, will roll on. I will continue to look at some of uh, the more famous games. It was the anniversary last week of an incredibly famous uh, rugby test uh, played in Sydney, 2000. All Blacks versus the Wallabies. Game of the century. New Zealand off to a roaring start. Umanga scoring after, what, 90 seconds. Alatini in the money. I think Cullen to it might have been. New Zealand 21-0 up in the blink of an eye. Australia come roaring back, have a lead at halftime. Uh, brilliant game. We're going to speak to one of the uh, key protagonists of it, good friend of uh, SCNZ, Peter Alatini, will join us at about quarter past 12. The Saturday session, Legends, uh, rolls on each and every week. As does our Sleep Drops performance of the week. Time to get our nominations in. Everyone who gets in on the action will be in the draw to win a prize pack. Thanks to the wonderful team at Sleep Drops. We simply just need to know your performance of the week. Um, and Grant, there is a reason why I wrote that little uh, love letter to Ireland, because Ireland... Uh, My Sleep Drops performance of the week. When you win a a Test Series in New Zealand, the first in your history in 111 years, uh, the first inflicted on New Zealand since 1994, the first three Test Match Series since 1986, the records just go on and on. Uh, Love the ingenuity for which they played with, uh, the direction, the togetherness. I'll repeat all of those things. My Sleep Drops performance of the week. There's not even nominations. Uh, It's uh, Ireland. Ireland for me. Congratulations to them.
2: Mate, I don't think too many people will um, disagree with you that week. Um, I think that they were, as I said before, just the humility that they showed when they they beat the All Blacks on such a momentous occasion. And it was the biggest occasion in the history of their sport. But they were all class. I think we've just got to celebrate having them here. And their fans, their fans are wonderful, aren't they? Uh, We heard from Irish John earlier and the way that they celebrate the sport you know, um, Stop trying to
3: touch my face! <laughs> Take uh, your hands away from me. There's
2: a lot of hot chilies going around the studio. I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm no, really no, back n- away I'm from actually me. nervous for you. I'm, I'm, Just looking at that little round number, we've got the hottest chili on the face of the earth here, and Daniel McCarty has guaranteed me that he's having a little nibble later on in the show. So he'll be nibbling away at this. It's called the Grim Reaper or something. I, I don't know what it is. It's a. It's a Looks like yeah, we're getting off track again. Grant. Explosive, yeah,
3: it does look explosive. Please put it down. Stop bringing it out. Let's let's tuck it away safely and let, let's worry about that in about an hour and a half's time.
2: Yeah, oh well, we were talking the about Irish Ireland fans and and, and the Irish fans. They they're just such good fans to be around. Whereas I think we need to learn that as All Blacks fans, we know. Ever I've gone to watch an All Blacks game, it seems so serious. It's
3: too passive. You, like fa- a lot of fans have criticised the All Blacks. I'll criticise the fans when your side needed you. There were boos in some sections of Sky Stadium that I heard as they walked off at half-time. Yep. It wasn't a real, let's get them behind our team. Let's try and help help them back. It wasn't until New Zealand sparked into life in that second half in that short window. Are
2: the, are the All Blacks fan an easy fan to get back on board? I mean, I always think back to um, Graham Henry, and was that 2007, 2008? 2007. 2007 after Cup the World and Cup and,
3: and that, the Robbie Deans. That was my
2: head-to-head. first experience of the All Blacks in a World Cup because I had just arrived in New Zealand in 2003 I think it was and I experienced that World Cup and I remember the hurts of all my New Zealand mates and realised how much rugby meant to the public, but how well, everyone, Some of
3: the reactions were ridiculous to that Robbie Deans not getting the job. You know. So. Well,
2: everyone was calling for Graham Henry's head, weren't they? Same was history repeating itself now. Um, is this going to be a turning point for the All Blacks, um, the new regime? And, I mean, you look back at that team there, the world-class players. I mean, Richie McCall, Sam Cain, it must be very difficult to fill the boots of what was undoubtedly one of the best players, in the, if not the best, number seven in the world, ever.
3: One thing they do have control over is how they handle adversity, and we know New Zealand react at times, and we want people to react with us by calling in. Here is an opportunity. We'll open uh, the lines right now, 0800 811 You can text 8833. Love to hear your thoughts, um, especially on this and, and how you reacted. And I'll ask Grant, first up, You know, we in New Zealand you know, at times react bitterly to a loss. Often the reaction is overly dramatic based on one game. However, this was not one game. This is a series. They've lost the series and puts a full stop of, of a run of four losses In five games, um, dating back to last year, the pressure from the public and the media is always going to be intense, but the questioning is always going to be predictable. Likely predictable, right? Why is that? Questions over the coach, the coaching team, on field leadership, the actual game plan, all of those things were going to be asked and were asked in the uh, post match press conference after the game and were likely to be uh, on the agenda when they had the traditional Sunday press conference for which they pulled the pin on. Uh, That press conference was was canned. Such a weird move by NZR. Don't you think? Mm. Canceling a press conference? Someone I know and respect who happens to work in the murky world of um, politics, um, the realm of true master media manipulators, Grant. Um, he said to me, and I'll pull out the, the message he sent, cancelling a press conference is such a bad idea that when Rudy Giuliani was told by his aides that he had mistakenly booked the Four Seasons landscaping and not the Four Seasons Hotel for a post-U.S. presidential election presser, they went ahead with it anyway. <laughs> you, you don't win. It serves no purpose, right? Yeah. You go silent, the noise continues, and when you can't cancel a press conference, it does nothing to that murky world littered with troglodytes that are social media, which is probably where more of the hurtful, true, nasty comments are coming.
2: Yeah, and it, all it does is it uh, manifests itself over another twenty four hours. I feel like you just need to face the music, and I think that that's why you get you get paid the big bucks as athletes and as as coaches to just front and and make sure that I guess you're as transparent as you can be and honest. Um, Did you front it? Oh, absolutely. I think given given the the history um, that I had, you know, captaining the uh, Would you like to be All Blacks coach? <laughs> well, you, you think about that. When you take on the role, you think about the press, and you think about the pressures of that role. And one of the pressures of that role is whether you win, whether you lose. Although, to be fair, if you win, you're probably putting a player up in front of the press. Yeah, you I, lose, I, I smell
3: an press. impromptu press conference here, Ben Francis. Do you want to join me being the media pack? And Grant Alec can um, be our dummy All Blacks coach.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun.
3: Okay, let's go. Are you going to resign?
2: I haven't decided on the future at this stage. So you might resign? I'm obviously deeply disappointed. You might resign? Well, we haven't thought that far yet. Um, There's there's
3: a headline for you, Ben. All Blacks coach might resign.
2: Uh, what we are maybe, concentrating. Maybe, on. You,
3: maybe you need to hire someone better to prepare you before this, <laughs> this conference.
2: Get Dean. I'm
3: not, I'm not sure that's a great start to it.
2: Daniel McCarty from SCNZ. Okay, I'll be
3: All Blacks coach. Hit me with the questions. Go on.
2: Are you going to resign?
3: No. Why is Sam Why Kane still your captain? Because I believe he's still the best person for the job.
2: Why? Why did you take him off in the 60th minute?
3: Because it's a 23-man game, Grant. And uh, foolish to expect uh, maybe loose forwards, all three of them, you know, to play to the end of the game.
2: What do you think of your assistant coaches at this stage?
3: I think um, they are fine coaches, but we have got work to do. It's clear that we've got work to do. And I'm confident we will find a way to get this team performing to the level the New Zealand fans deserve.
2: Do you have a word of thanks to what your CEO, Mark Robinson? What for? For your job.
3: Well, I guess the, the rugby boarder appointed me, um, Back in, when was it? It wasn't, it was re, they re-signed me 11 months ago, didn't they? Um, I guess yes, Grant.
2: Where are the improvements that you need to make?
3: Across the park. I, I think ball in hand. Now we're a little bit directionless at the moment. We've got to find our joie de vivre again.
2: Are you looking forward to the South African series?
3: Come on. How could I not look forward to a test series against South Africa in South Africa?
2: With the same squad.
3: Well, we've made, you'll notice, Grant, we've made a few subtle changes. Thank you very much, Ian Foster. <laughs> and, and really, is it, is it all that much? Ben, ben Francis was very quiet. He nodded off in the press conference. I, I'm guessing I, I didn't do a very good job. I do,
0: I do have a couple of questions for you, though. Yeah. Do your players know that they're representing the All Blacks and they have to play in New Zealand and overseas? Yes. It's a good start. And which players are you going to be poaching from the Warriors?
3: None. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have you, have you got some intel that I need to know about?
0: No, I'm just, I'm just seeing how you handle just curveball questions, random questions you weren't expecting.
3: Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, there, as, no... as
0: an example, if you could be the combination of any two animals, what would you be?
3: Oh, now that is a good question. It would have to be a snake and something else. The head of a snake.
2: The body of a cheetah.
3: Yeah, actually I would <laughs> actually I'm going to go with that.
2: Yeah, I'll have to think. I've about always that. wanted
3: to be fast. I'm so not fast.
2: The body of a giraffe with the ability to fly like an eagle. It's almost like a dragon, isn't it? <laughs> That's what I just ate. The dragon's nostril. Okay, That's getting, what I had. We're getting
3: seriously off track. Uh 80150811. So um our thoughts on the, on the no show. the the question too. I guess what we want to put to the fans, Grant. Um, and and you asked this of one of our callers earlier. Um, I, I, are you assuming that this coaching group, with maybe the odd subtle changes in an assistant, will be the the coaching group that takes this team through to the the World Cup? Because last week you said the All Blacks coach was
2: safe as houses.
3: Yeah, I and I told you what would happen.
2: Uh, you thought the assistants would go, and the coach was as assi- uh, safe yeah. as houses.
3: Okay, so with, so we're, we're expecting that to roll through to the end of the World Cup. <coughs> yeah,
2: so it had to be. It was only a year out from the World Cup. You can't make wholesale changes. So,
3: what was the question you put? To, I think it was to Bruce. What would you be happy with,
2: at the World Cup? As a result of the next World Cup, like, would we be happy with, you know, making it to the semis and losing to France or someone, you know, um, or is it, you know we expect to win every game. And we heard from Iris John, he's like, you can't win every game. You can't win everything. Um, but, you know, the mindset of an All Blacks fan is that we have to win everything. If we're not winning, then people have to go.
3: No, I, if they don't win the World Cup, I won't be happy. How can I be happy when my team doesn't win? Yeah, you,
2: you've got to go in.
3: I'm and not going to Cup. call the coach the worst New Zealander ever no. on national radio, no. uh, on talkback. I, I'm not going to hurl abuse on social media. I'll be disappointed. Um, I will criticise how they played. I'll play the ball, uh, not the man. Um, But I won't be happy if they don't win the World Cup, Grant.
2: I'll I'll say this, uh, Daniel, and to all the listeners as well. I'll say, I think I've got a a fair amount of perspective about sport and the results. Yes. And all I want to see as a fan and as a player playing in the team Of colleagues and mates is that you want to see absolute desperation, like this. You know, we're going to speak to Peter Alatini later. You know, we've watched the highlights of that game. Desperation, and as a fan, if you see desperation and you see dedication to to your country because you're playing for your country, you're playing for your fans, then I think that's all you can ask for. Effort. Yeah, and you want to see that effort. That's all. And where you you see effort last week? You know, I saw mistakes. And I saw, um, I guess, there wasn't that confidence to take the game on.
3: That's what I saw. It's a a team that's gun-shy at the moment.
2: Yeah, I think they're dedicated, but just, yeah, maybe a little bit gun-shy, but unsure. Um, So I think we can get over that. But you just want to see that effort. Um, Effort can be seen through actions. And if you see that as a fan, then you can be proud.
3: Well, enough of Grant and I, and Ben too. Uh, Let's hear from the listeners now. Um, What would you be happy with? Firstly, in South Africa, because if they go to South Africa and lose badly, we, we go back to the beginning, don't we? Oh. There's going to be more questions, and uh, the New Zealand Rugby Board might just stick their toes in as they have and you know, stick with this group. So maybe we can ask uh, the listeners, and they can give us a call on 0800-150811. Uh, in the short term, what are you expecting in South Africa, and what will you be happy with come the next World Cup next year, as Grant has put it to you. Do they need to win it to be happy like I have pointed out? Um, I think I think you can not be happy, but also not be angry and be angry. We'll be back with your calls on 0800 150 or text double eight double three. straight after this break. It's 17 after 11. <laughs> Get more chilly in you, Grant. 21 minutes after Woo. 11 o'clock. This is the Saturday session on SENZ. My name is Daniel McCarty. Grant Elliott is here. And so too is Ben Francis, producer extraordinaire. Dave's waited through the break. Thanks for that, Dave. Welcome into the show. How are you doing this fine Saturday?
2: Happy birthday,
10: Dave. Oh, happy birthday to you guys. Not as well as normal.
3: I picked up COVID at the last week,
9: so. Oh, oh god,
3: Mate, what a, can I just say this? What a shit weekend you had, mate. Going to the ABS, <laughs> seeing them lose and getting the vids. Mate, you Sorry. may as well have a chilli just to cap <laughs> off your weekend. <laughs>
10: I get things <laughs> Hey, look, like my Dean's Dean has, um, uh you know, passion, but he's probably a bit to with the You know, like the other thing. Probably, we definitely, play, Dave,
3: definitely. And, yeah, and I we'll echo guess. your thoughts, yeah. and I do appreciate his passion, and you don't want to subdue that. But you know, we we all say things that probably have just gone a little bit too far in our lives. But, like yeah, Grant Elliott yeah, was a fine chess nah. cricketer. <laughs> It's just, that's, just a, that's just a lie, isn't it, Grant? That's just a lie. Anyway, Dave, back to you. This is your chance.
10: You play the sport, any sport at this level, going to the Commonwealth Games, Olympics, and you want to win. You want to win. If you don't win and you try your best and everybody sees you're trying your best, that's okay, you know? Grant, I'm not sure you're right in saying it's too late to change. You look at the um, Black Ferns. They've made a change six months out, and I think they'll do very well. So it's never too late to change. If you have that mindset, it's, it's, you get stuck in it.
3: So there's always time well, well, to D- change. D- yeah, Dave, yep. I agree with you. Um, how about we talk about a different sport, Grant's special How, how, does, how did England cricket, test cricket team go in their first series with a new coach?
2: Yeah, unbelievably did they look like, well. Did they look
3: like a completely different side? Which but, utterly surprised me, because I keep telling you they didn't have the talent. Eagle over my face, Grant.
2: Yeah, well, I think, I think like anything, Dave, and it's really good point. I think that, you know, given um, if you can get a new coach in that brings some new enthusiasm and positivity to um, a team, that can be a short-term win. But I think what you want for a World Cup, in my experience, is consistency a plan, strategy, and roles for players. Now, at the moment, we don't have consistency of players, I believe, and we haven't found our right, right combination. Changing a coach, and this is what we went through as black caps. We went through probably one of the worst eras of black caps. How many coaches did We changed have? a coach every year for yeah. five years. So the players didn't know where they stood. The players were in and out like a conveyor belt because different coaches wanted different players. So what you need is Consistency. And a year out, my point was, is keep it the same, keep it consistent, reflect on what's gone wrong and make those changes. I think you've got more of a chance of keeping the current um, coaching staff in and actually, you know, making some gains than actually wholesale changes because I think the players will change as well. And I'm not saying that that might not be, it, you know, I think it's clutching. I don't think that you've got a great chance of success to do that. That's what I'm saying. What in do you opinion.
10: think, Dave? Yeah, I agree. As long as we have the coaches to make that change, I think at any any elite level, 80% of, you know, all these players are good, the NRL, you know, rugby championship, they're all great players. It's getting into that top two inches that makes you get to that next level. You know, they're all great players, otherwise they wouldn't be there. You know, and it's up to the coaches to, you know, extract that last little bit, get the belief,
3: you know, natural talent always prevails. Yeah. To, to counter Grant's point, and I understand it, Grant, that, that it's pretty manic, isn't it? Coach coming in and out, in and out, in and out. It's the opposite to consistency. Um, have New Zealand gone too much down that path? They've been too familiar with each other, an assistant uh, replacing the previous coach, the assistant replacing the previous coach. Maybe it is time for a fresh voice. Dave, what do you think? Look, I I did think that. I didn't think that the process that
10: when he was um, appointed wasn't quite right because it is sort of, a you know, this is the third time it's trickled down to the assistant coach. The difference was that um, Shag and Ted both went coached overseas at Wales First and had international experience where Fozzie didn't. He's just come in Mm. and he's just been there, been there, been there. He hasn't seen another side of it perhaps. Um, look, we, we all know everybody wants Razor, He's innovative. He probably doesn't fit the rugby New Zealand mold. Um, there's other guys out there, you know, Jamie Joseph, Tony Brown, you know, Dave Rennie. There's a lot of we've got a lot of coaches around the world that are all very good. Otherwise, I think it was uh, the last little couple, of the World Cup before, and yeah. eleven out of the 16 coaches were Kiwis. There's a reason for that. You know, we've got plenty of coaches. And we've got plenty of good yeah. players. We just need to get that a little bit better. I hope we. Re- I really hope we do well. And Rosh, like I told you last week, I didn't think we'd win, and we didn't. And I don't think we're going to do that well in South Africa. I hope we do. I really hope we do, but I don't think we will.
3: I, I, I think we start as underdogs and maybe quite firm underdogs based yep. on what we've seen the last few weeks.
2: Yep. Uh, uh, Dave, yeah, Dave t- I want to t- t- touch yep. on one of your points that you made earlier. You said the top two inches. Daniel mentioned earlier, he said, we were talking about the players and he said, looked a little bit gun shy. And I sort of agree. And I think, you know, going back to our discussion around the coaches and consistency, when you have consistency and you have players that are comfortable in the environment, they tend to express themselves a little bit more. And international yep. sport is about confidence in your own ability and expressing yourself. And if you create an environment like that, well, then you can go out there, which is what Brendan did with the England team, went in there and gave the players confidence that they'd be involved. Yeah. And suddenly they went out there and they just expressed themselves. And I think that that's why you, you're bang on the top two inches. So if we can give our players, the right players are on the pitch. If the coaching staff can give the players that consistency and selection, then perhaps we're going to get them expressing themselves. You look at
3: the, look at the two number 10s, fine players, world-class players at their very best. One was excellent. Was that due to the coaching or the fact that he completely, you know, wanted to dominate, you know, that series? Uh, when on the other side, I, I think well below the standard what we've come to expect. Yeah. and Is, is that on the player? Is that on the coach? It, I, it can't be just one, right?
2: I think when you see gun players, I think it's environment. There's something lacking there, and... You don't know what it, it can be—a number of factors. But you want players to be confident. We heard Justin Marshall on our show. We had an, a, an hour of him every day during the the Super um, Rugby series, and he spoke about making those split-second decisions where you know you almost subconsciously you you're in the zone, and the only way you can make those split-second decisions is if you have experience in that position. Yeah. Look, you, you, I, your
10: case case in point is Bears. You know, like. Like Daniel said, he didn't think England had a show, but it, he just gave the same bunch of players, just gave them to the belief and they turned it around. Like last week we had you know we had four super super rugby captains on the on the field last week, and we still couldn't, you know between those four guys, we couldn't change things around. There was one player last week that would have made a world fifteen and that was Artie. and yet we've got
3: probably half a dozen world players if they're on their game. That's Dave, I easy, think we easy. had, well, I think one, we yeah. had half a dozen. I think we had half a dozen players who won the 2015 World Cup. That's seven yeah, years ago. You know? There's, there's Three a five, lot, five. there's a lot of experience in that group. Yeah, yeah, heaps of it. Hey, good, but good to chat, Dave. One. Really constructive. Yeah, okay. Really constructive. Appreciate your time, yeah. Dave. Yeah, you thanks, have, Dave. Bang, bang on half past eleven. Um, yeah, I, And the thing is, Grant, at the time, at the time, I was um, in in favour of. Um, a new direction. I thought the performance had stagnated under Steve Henson's exceptional reign as coach over the last couple of years. Um, and it's really hard to keep those levels that high. Um, they were dizzyingly high. I got that word wrong, but you know what I'm trying to say. They were so good for so long, There was right. always going to be a bit of a drop-off. So how do you make sure that drop-off uh, isn't as significant as the way I was, I was looking at? And, and I just sensed it was the right time to make a change and uh, to change with, and I thought this at the time, a younger base of players. I, and I hope I communicate this effectively. I just sense the younger player now is a little bit different to even those 10 years older. Mm. I, I just think the world has changed a little bit. Um, they're wired slightly differently, um, as all new generations are. And, and I thought it was the right time to change and go with a new voice. And you know, I, I wanted Ian Foster to prove me wrong, but unfortunately, the results are the results.
2: Yeah. That- I do, I do disagree with you in saying that, you know, maybe, maybe we should look at changing that. Like, have we been too consistent about the assistant taking over as head coach? But I think we found a recipe there. Dave made an interesting point that Foster hasn't coached overseas in terms of coaching for Wales, and I, I don't know how true that is or not. I don't know what his coaching CV looks like, but that would be maybe a little bit of a, a difference in points to Graham Henry and Steve Hansen. But I think that the All Blacks has always worked off a bit of a blueprint, a blueprint around the culture and
3: environment and the coaching succession.
2: So I would keep that the same.
3: I keep the calls coming in. Uh, 0800-150-811. Gee, we've got a lot of text messages. Sorry that we haven't got to some of those. Let's uh, whip through them now on double eight double three. I still reckon losing the Bledisloe Cup game on the 24th of September at Eden Park would be a bigger loss than last Saturday's game to Ireland. Seven question marks, which I assume is an indication you want us to answer that? In short, Richie, mm, that is an interesting one because I, I can't help but look at Irish's, uh, the Irish series victory through the lens of the Irish. Mm. They've never won over here. It depends how 111 much. years, but losing that incredible run against Australia and ending the streak at Eden Park, because that, um, mm. you know, that would mean a loss at Eden Park, right? Yeah. You're probably right, Richie. I, I think the reaction here in New Zealand would be quite vociferous.
2: Well, it depends how much you also... Despise the Aussies, I guess. Richie obviously is an Aussie basher.
3: Yeah, and as far, oh, Richie does add, and thus the series, Ireland are currently a class or two above the All Blacks at the moment, and that was clearly evident in the last month. They made the All Blacks look clueless at times. The Wallabies aren't at Ireland's level. Um, Dennis writes, the All Blacks are being coached by the PM to be kind and nice and take no responsibility. Uh, I feel sorry for the ABs when they have to play behind such a an inept tight five. The foundations are rotten, writes Ra. Speaking of giving credit, I just loved watching Tyke long live. That, their props played to the 70th minute and went off together in the 71st minute, and they were excellent. Tyke in- Furlong is a, it's just a unit. It's impressive just when you're carrying
2: that sort of timber around the oh, field as well.
3: The way he gets around, how athletic he is, how quickly he sort of gets from one ruck to the other. I actually ended up watching him for about five minutes. Um, uh, towards the end uh, brilliant player Alby writes 100% agree with Mikey who was a caller we had earlier in the show um, who thought the uh, press conference was a little bit weak um, 100% agree with Mikey uh, writes Albie um, they're all well and good behind their keyboards but when push comes to shove and they have a microphone under Foster's nose they were hopeless another one here O'Malley summed Kane up you ain't no Richie McCaw pal uh, these words say it all great show guys Another one. Uh, morning, guys. Good on you for putting that guy in his place for his sweeping, venomous statements about the coaches and players. I think we need to get really positive now and see what the boys can do. All the best to them. Great show from Brian. Hi, gents. Uh, we have never recovered from the retirements of the 2015 World Cup squad. Uh, we may not have that calibre of world-class player again for a while. Ain't that the truth? Well, you are going to see another Dan Carter and Richie McCall playing at the same time? Um Oof. No, not in my life. I'm. I've come to that. I, I, I'm at peace with that. that no, we can. We have to believe a, we can. Once in a come on, just appreciate once in a lifetime players, right? <laughs> no, you have got to aim high. Got to aim high. Yes, yeah, so, because Gary Sobers turns up every week, doesn't he? You know, they're easy to produce. Uh, good morning, gents. Uh, this one's from Mike R B the R E the A B feeding feeding frenzy. The bottom line is our 4 pack had a few good moments, but no balance. They were, but on balance, they were inferior. I think you can argue with it. I'm not sure if some of them are past their best, but overall, the Crusader coaches in the mix indicates it can't possibly be the coaching, can it? So how can we um, shoot venom except that they were probably? Whoops, sorry, the screen just went. My apologies, um, Mike. That was a good point. I think I've got it back here. So how can we? Um, Cut venom, except that there probably isn't another head coach available going into the World Cup and take a chill pill, people, writes Mike from Auckland. Um, Adam writes, just listening while I'm at the gym, been listening all week, and the majority of the hosts and callers have said that Ireland did great, but why would we just? Why would we, as New Zealand just talk about them instead of how badly our All Blacks played? The ABs are our team, not Ireland. I will always be an AB supporter. I just want them to play well regardless of if they win or lose. Um, Someone writes here, Morning boys, you have got to feel sorry for Peter Gus Dropped already, Satutu didn't play and is safe. Bit odd. Good to see Frizzell though from Costa. Yeah, you're right on that one. Uh, Dean wrote back saying, Don't speak for me guys. He's the worst New Zealand coach ever. His record says as much. Dean, I'm not quibbling over his record. I'm quibbling over what I heard, I thought you said, which was he's the worst New Zealander ever, which is just ridiculous. If I misheard you, I'm big enough to say I apologise. And someone writes here lastly, "Uh, wash your hands, don't touch your eyes, or go wee-wee before washing your hands, Grant. Someone sending some sage advice. I actually did yeah. when I went to the Second toilet. Second chili burns are not good, <laughs> writes mummy. The text is from mummy. I'm just checking if it just is checking checking. Is, is that your mother who's texting to give the you number some? It's so cute. If she has text in, that's adorable. Wash your hands, don't touch your eyes, or go wee-wee. Does your mumma still speak to you like that?
2: No, 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 it wasn't. But I, when I did go to the toilet, I was conscious about my fingers. I didn't want to rub my eyes or anything. And you're going to have to be conscious of your fingers when you eat the Caroline Reaper later At, I think you said around 12.30 On about Daniel's getting but amongst the Caroline Reaper.
3: In about an hour's time we will take a short break though, keep your messages rolling into double eight double three. sorry if we don't get to your text messages, there is a lot today there are a lot um, the best way to uh, get your point across is to pick up the phone and actually talk to us, yeah people still talk uh, in 2022, 0800 Um back with more shortly <laughs> Eighteen minutes away from 12 o'clock. This is the Saturday session. I've still got a little taste of it. About to say, just a little taste. You're 50 minutes in now, post-chili. How I'm, are you feeling? I'm just,
2: I'm wondering about my downstairs operation now, and I I'm am, not.
3: Well, I'm. In fact, I, that is the last thing I want to think about.
2: No, but I'm thinking whether I washed my hands first before I went to the toilet now, or whether I didn't, because I feel that slight, sort of like,
3: just a little bit of a nip. Speaking of downstairs operation, did you see that story about Cristiano Ronaldo and where he puts Botox during the week? No. You may want to do some research in a break, Grant. That's quite no. an interesting yarn. Not really something I want to Google. <laughs> Christian Ronaldo's
2: downstairs <laughs> operation. Uh, not on the company Wi Fi. No, sure.
3: no, not at all. Not at all. Anyway, time for the weekend words this morning. Quotes that have stood out to us for um, one reason or another. All right, Mr. Elliot, I know you've got a very, very long one, uh, so you've just got one today, but there's a lot in there from a former All Black great. Um, I'm going to bring up a couple. Uh, Firstly, um, who am I? I'm strong. I'm resilient. I think I've proven that. I believe I've got a great feel and relationship with my players. I'm strategic, and I'm also accountable. I promise you I understand that. I'm excited to show you what this team is made of. That's Ian Foster. Okay, you are correct. When did he say that? Um, yesterday um here's a quote i do feel like there's a special group of building here it's clear to us it's not the finished product yet but that's okay some of the blocks underneath are going really powerfully i think the leadership structure and culture within this team is strong who was that ian foster when did he say that
2: i'm gonna say just given that this whole piece it's Prior to it. Maybe 11 months ago,
3: when he was uh, when he was, uh, re-signed. 11 yeah. months ago. Okay. It's, it's now a lot of the fans, and we've spoken to a lot of them and heard from them today. Yeah. They want to move beyond words. They want to see results. What have you got? Yeah, I guess you always
2: want to see action. And that's uh, Ian Kirkpatrick. Um, this piece was... What a player. ...in the Herald. Um, and what he said was, you get around your friends and the age group doesn't matter and ask guys if they watch Super Rugby anymore, and they're not watching. That worries me to hell, he said. People think it's a rubbish game. The stats will back that up, that there is not the people watching it like they used to. And you say, why? Why? It is because the product is no good. Kirkpatrick, who obviously is a well-decorated all-black, he played 74 games from 67 from to 77. And when asked if he shared the view that the professional rugby product was now rubbish, he replied, I don't like it so much now. You can almost tell what you're going to get. I don't really like the way the game is being played at the moment for that reason. And that is why people aren't watching it. It is quite sad, really. He said rugby was now dominated too much by defence. If you can somehow slip a tackle or slip a really good kick behind the defensive line, you'll be bloody lucky, he said. Our players have got to have that path where they know they can get through without having to be beaten up.
3: There's a lot in there. There is a whole heap we could talk about. To that last point about, you know, the attack, I, I think that's being looked at through a New Zealand lens. I, I, I saw Ireland make five, six-metre breaks all the time mm. with, with, you know, nice little slip passes in, and out, keeping, you know, keeping on that front foot. I, I think they've found a way to at least you know, move forward with their attack, I think it's incumbent on New Zealand now to respond with ball in hand. I think they do rely too much on individuals breaking breaking things open. Yeah,
2: New I New mean, Zealand. my knowledge of the game, as but, you know... But he's right overall, yeah.
3: like the last thing I want to say, right overall, the defence has been suffocating over the last mm. 10 years.
2: I think what's worrying is when you see a player as decorated as Kirkpatrick coming out and, and saying that, being quite vocal about the game, when normally as a player you, you celebrate the game And you try and push the game forward and promote it. So there's a lot of All Blacks at the moment that have come out of the woodworks and are are unhappy with the way that the game is being played. But I think it goes back to our point before. It's about the pride of the jersey. And maybe they're not seeing that same pride Mm. that when they played and that passion and desperation, um, they're not seeing that. So undoubtedly they're hurting. But let's see improvement. I want to be positive and say we're going to improve.
3: You're a positive guy, though, Grant, aren't you? Uh, but that line, what, you get around your friends, the age group doesn't matter. You're asking them if they're watching the game, super rugby that is and they're not watching that worries me to hell. Mm. It's uh, that's quite a that's quite a punch, punchy line now, isn't it? Um and lastly, um, one from me. Uh Reggie Goods, former Hurricanes uh, front rower, seriously underrated player to give up very early, um after concussions entered his career. Uh sneaky good tweet yesterday. Uh he works for, for the Ponikki Rugby Club in Wellington these days. Nice. Um, and uh, he tweeted, Community rugby are short of coaches. Looking at a lot of the comments and feedback going around, good to see that there are a lot of coaches, but stuck behind the keyboard. Come on, do your part. Don't be that guy. Nice. It's quite, quite a nice message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because one thing is very clear when the All Blacks struggle, the passion for that team is still there. I do question is the passion. For the tiers below still there uh, which is not surprising because that's the way news on rugby have structured everything is fed into the all blacks and if the all blacks start to stumble this uh, what, what have you got um but the passion is still there people still care grant don't they
2: well this is this is the question where does the finance go in the professional era does it go and feed grassroots and you create a huge base or do you give everything to that little pointy end, the top 2% um, to your professional players? And depending on who you speak to, you'll get a very different answer. But I know there with two young kids growing up, um, they're not playing rugby at the moment. One of them tried to play rugby, um, was put off s- sort of straight away, played ripper, but then didn't play full contact. Um, and, and cricket, it's kind of the same thing as happening. You don't see much at that grassroots level. They've almost, um, they disenfranchise themselves, the administrators from the professional game down to that grassroots game. They don't really know what's going on at that level unless you've got kids at that level and you have to be very careful because I think, you know, when I watch my kids go and watch a Saints basketball game, for, for example, those guys are heroes to them, the guys on the court, but they're there, they're at the game, they're watching If the fans are not at the game and the kids are not at the game watching, we're not growing the game. You have to grow the game and inspire the next generation coming through.
3: Ten minutes away from 12. Back after this break. Stay with us here on SCNZ. Well, Grant, if it's the only event on public television, free-to-air television, of course, more New Zealanders are going to watch it. Are we back on? So I'm telling Grant why to stop boring me about the Black Clash. I, no, I so- didn't watch the Black Clash, and I don't know Will Jordan's good at batting.
2: He's an amazing, he's as silky an opening batter as he is a, on the rugby field. <laughs> Gee, he moves well, doesn't he? I've
3: got to get to Dean's latest message. Good on you, Dean, for this. Um, guys, my apologies for saying worst New Zealander. That's stupid of me. He's the worst All Blacks coach and still has the job blaming everyone else for his own shortcomings as a head coach. Pisses me off, and that's not the New Zealand way front up or resign with dignity. Uh, Dean, I'll, I'll protect and defend your right to have an opinion um, on that, and you're very much entitled to it. And you know what? The, the numbers will back you up in some way. Um, good on you uh, for uh, retracting the words, because I certainly uh, do think you, you overstepped the line there, but good on you, Dean. I, I, I do appreciate it.
2: Yeah, awesome, Gene. Dean. Uh, I mean, Gee, we've had a lot of messages today. It's been good fun. When we get passionate, the, the messages come, but I want to hear that passion on the call. I want to hear in. But you're in the game. In. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've had a few passion. Yeah, they calls, have. They have been. It's been nice to hear from you, because I think when you call in, you can hear that passion. Very difficult to make it out on a text, but great retraction there
3: from Dean. we'll we talk some cricket in the next hour with Grant. He has kept an eye on uh, New Zealand destroying Ireland. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. And we'll also get to our Saturday session Legends segment. Another one of our Legends. We're going to talk about a legendary game. 22 years ago last week... The All Blacks, Australia and Sydney. Need I say more? Game of the century. Peter Alatini, one of the try scorers on that game. In the opening five minutes as New Zealand raced out to 21-0. Extraordinary stuff. That will uh, be the feature from about quarter past at 12. Uh, we'll catch up with Clayto and team, and I'll also eat a chilli, apparently. Yay. I've made Grant Elliott uncomfortable. I've uncovered a story that made Grant Elliott quite sheepish and nervous. Well, and a little I just... bit uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, I don't know about it. I'm uncomfortable for him. I'm uncomfortable to our listeners. I'm feeling uncomfortable, and I'm starting to think: Would I do something like this? I don't think
3: I would. Ben, should I should I complete the story? Should I, should I tell the listener what's going on?
0: If you're very careful with your wording, you may proceed. Okay.
3: Okay. Thank you very much. The boss has spoken. <laughs> I will go. I will be very careful. I will be very careful. I, I did mention um, very briefly um, to Grant last hour, welcome into the Saturday session if you're tuning in for the very first time today. Uh, gee, you've missed out. Where have you been? It's been good fun. It's and we've got more fun. to
2: come as well. A lot more to we come. We've got a lot
3: more to come, including eating chillies and Peter Alatini talking about um, arguably one of the finest ever rugby matches ever played uh, in 2000. That is part of our Saturday session legend segment, the legendary game it was the All Blacks Australia in 2000 in Sydney. This story uh, pertains to uh, Cristina, Cristiano Ronaldo. He's a good-looking bloke, isn't he? He oh, works hard on his physique.
2: I'm looking at that photo that you've got open on your computer, and he's in great
3: He's in great neck. He's specimen. in better knick than I. He is Absolute a specimen. specimen. I'd, 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 I'd pay a lot to have a body like that. Mm, good rig. Because I've paid no attention to this body <laughs> over the years. Now, uh, this is from uh, Mar- 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 Marca. It's the uh, Spanish sports newspaper. Um, it's been translated. Uh, It's no secret that Ronaldo is a fan of cosmetic operations. Botox is undoubtedly the Portuguese greatest ally. While his face has already undergone several treatments, it's not the only part of his body that has received a Botox injection. Ronaldo also had Botox injections in his private parts. More precisely, his, and I'm nodding. Downstairs operation. I'm nodding nodding there because I need to be careful with my words. The downstairs operation. Yeah. Apparently, that's a thing. Apparently, putting Botox in there is a thing. I've, that's the
2: first time I've ever heard
3: of this. Yes. Apparently. Apparently, the purpose of these injections is to increase the thickness by anywhere between one, two, or three centimetres.
2: Significant if you're in a team sport and you always have to shower with the lads.
3: Botox, anyone? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're getting off track. Grant Elliott, I did ask you to break down the New Zealand series and the white ball stuff uh, on the Stag Do Tour. <laughs> the
2: Stag Do Tour. The Stag
3: Do Tour. Tour, of course, uh, Ireland uh, in the T20s. Uh, the T20s has been the, the most recent of them. Uh, not New Zealand's strongest side. Uh, we know Ireland, Ireland have had some really good performances over the last few years and, and have pushed some marquee uh, sides, haven't they, quite close, so... What at, you know, one one time, yesterday, 10, 15 years ago, you would look down at you know at a series win over Ireland. Should we? Yeah, well, Today? I think I
2: think what you're seeing with Ireland is they've obviously got test status now, so they will be getting better. There was, um, you know, they they have a contract system now. They're able to professionally play their players, so undoubtedly better. We saw that with Bangladesh. We've saw seen Bangladesh beat some of the best nations in the world. Um, you know, that, I remember they beat Australia when uh, Andrew Simons came home five minutes before the game started almost. I think they were doing hamstring stretches and he fell over. The dreaded but, last
3: game of a Bangladesh tour. Yeah,
2: and uh, they lost that one. But, you know, Bangladesh, they've, they've got the population. I think the worrying thing with Ireland is, like, do they have the population? They're not allowed to play in the county championship now uh, because they're not EU citizens because of Brexit. So that's a big uh, negative for, for their, their future. But they've played some really good cricket, especially in this series. I mean, I think we've got decent depth for New Zealand cricket. We, we've mm-hmm. showed that. And obviously, the combinations, you know, we don't have the Williamsons, the Bolts, the Saudis on this tour. But we've got some And we th- won't
3: forever either. No,
2: yeah. no. I think.
3: No we, one plays forever.
2: Yeah, and we saw Ben Stokes retire from one day cricket this week, which was, um, yeah, a, a surprise. Uh, retirement from Ben Stokes. Will we see that from other players, so that they can just choose concentrate on Test cricket and T Twenty cricket? T, you're sniggering away. You have to read some text. No,
3: can, I'm not reading those out. Through. I'm not reading them. I'm just reading them. Ah. Carry on. Sorry, Grant. Yeah. Um. So I'm <laughs> trying to be a professional. Yeah. Uh, some people know, are quite witty.
2: The the Bolts, the Southies, the Williamson's. Will we see more and uh, more of an exodus from players from uh, one day cricket now? Ben Stokes Stokes this week, um, where they'll concentrate on T20 cricket, which kind of gives them the the finance, and then test cricket.
3: Which is the biggest challenge.
2: Yeah, which is the biggest challenge and is your test of being, you know, one of the world's best players, which I failed at miserably. Um, But let's go into the series anyway.
3: So in any sense, we don't look down at our nose at Ireland uh, anymore. Not like when you played against Scotland, right? You looked down at your nose at Scotland, didn't you? (laughs) Is there any truth to this text message that I I have just received? I once watched a New Zealand A team play against Scotland in cricket. Someone got 100 and was riding his bat up and down the wicket like a cowboy. (laughs) Do you think this will ever happen? The upcoming (laughs) series, question mark. Is that true?
2: Eat your chilli already, Dan, it says. And it's from from one of our... Friends of SCNZ, Hamish Bennett.
3: Well, this is... Is this true? You I, rode your bat no, I, like a I, fucking bronco after you scored 100 against Scotland.
2: Don't know if I did ride yes the bat, or no. but I, I, did yes over, or no. I did over-celebrate. And the reason why I over-celebrated was because I actually thought that this was my last game ever. <laughs> Because we, we were on this UK tour, I'd already been told I wasn't going to be in the World Cup 2015, and I found myself on a UK tour at the age of 34, 35, or whatever it was, and I was like, we are going to have the time of our life, and um, I went out there, batted against Scotland, got 100, and I really over because I thought this might be my last ever 100. But did you, so I'm gonna, you No, I don't think I rode it like a cowboy. We can find footage of this. I'm really? I'm sure there's footage. I'll find footage, but I don't How was it received I, by the Scottish? Oh, I don't really think... You, you don't know. care, do you? No. You that don't <laughs> care. <laughs> no,
3: that, uh, it, was, it was unacceptable, though. Thank it you very good. much, uh, Hamish. Thank you very much, Hamish Bennett, for yeah. that message. Fantastic. Good to
2: hear you listening to the show. And, <laughs> and Dan will eat his chilli, the Carolina Reaper, in uh, about T-minus 25 minutes or so.
3: Not that anyone's counting. <laughs>
2: Let's get on to this game, though. The first, uh, the first T20 ODI, um, obviously New Zealand, you would say that they swept the floor of, um, of Ireland. Um, they bowled them out in the 18th over. Ireland were chasing 173. Um, and then in the second one, they smashed them. Um, New Zealand scoring 179, bowling Ireland out for 91 in the 13th over. However, the last one, uh, New Zealand won it in the 19th over. Ireland scored 174. So talking about improvements, and you know, Ireland by playing these test-playing nations will get better and stronger and stronger and stronger, and there will be some upsets along the way. Um,
3: and they got to, used to the New Zealand bowlers who bowled them out. Yeah. And that's impressive taking 20 wickets in, in two T20 games.
2: The the pitches were quite docile. I will say that they uh, spin conducive, but a notable and honourable mention to Michael Bracewell who took his ha- uh, hat trick um, in the T20. One of only three players, Jacob Oram, Tim Southey, and uh, Michael Bracewell now on the list of hat-trick takers for T20. So he's had a, he's had a magnificent for tour Ze- for New Zealand, yeah, in T20s. Um, he's, a, he's had a great tour. He's come back from those te- the, the Test Series, and he's really um, impressed the selectors. So probably a few runs short from Finn Allen, but Glenn Phillips and Daryl Mitchell doing the job for New Zealand in that final T20. So I, I think that this is a, a great testing ground, as long as we don't lose games, testing ground for players um, that have potential to go on to play for the Black Caps. What I will say, though, is that you have to play those players in the position that will, they'll play for the Black Caps. and That's a difficult thing to do. Because you look at Lockie Ferguson, for example, and you go, well, if Lockie Ferguson plays in the one-days, he should probably be bowling first change because you have bolton Southy bowling up front. But he didn't really necessarily bowl first change for the A's. Sometimes he opened. Yeah. So, you know, that's an example. And there was some inconsistencies with that. But we have to work on the succession of those players and help grow them. But all in all, very successful tour so far. And on to the Nader lunch next.
3: So no, it's Scotland, be... isn't it?
2: Oh, Scotland, sorry. That's
3: why I brought up Scotland. Scotland. And, and your then... utter disrespect to Scottish Nader. cricket. Wow. That you sullied the game by riding your bat like a bucking bronco after you scored a hundred for New Zealand A against Scotland in one of the most egregious, disgusting acts ever, ever conducted on a cricket field. Hashtag. As you can tell, I have not uh, seen um, what happened. But I'm taking the opportunity, uh, shove it up, you mate. So we've got T20 internationals, uh, two of them against Scotland, and then a one-day international. The stag do tour carries on and then goes over um, to the Netherlands for a T20 international, um, two of them, in consecutive days. Well, that tells you everything, doesn't it? It's on Thursday and a Friday, and then they get a free qu- a free weekend. What could possibly go wrong? Well, not much, because um, then they're off to the West Indies almost immediately after, aren't they?
2: Yeah, but I think that that's why there's been a bit of a rest period for those players that we spoke about, the Southies, Williamson, Bolt. Uh, Devin Conway's not over there at the moment. So those players will be well-rested.
3: Well, they play basically... Through now, don't they? Yeah. Now after the West Indies, early September, it's Australia that will get the blood boiling of, of our listeners again, I would think. Just trying to th- uh, see what that tour of the West Indies. It's all white ball cricket, isn't it? Pretty sure it is. Yeah, there's no yeah, two. and there. it's a
2: gr- and it's a great summer as well. Very good summer coming up uh, in New Zealand, getting England over India. I think Sri Lanka,
3: from memory. Yeah, well done you. Yeah, uh, Sri Lanka to, to finish the. Uh, the season. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much, Grant. That's a pleasure, Daniel. Uh, any Scottish cricket fans out there, I apologise on behalf <laughs> of uh, Grant Elliott. I'm doing very good at speaking for other people today. Uh, 11 minutes after 12 o'clock. We will take a short break. Coming up on the other side, though, it is time for our Saturday session Legends segment. Uh, we, over the last uh, few months, and will continue to do so throughout the rest of the year, uh, speak to legendary New Zealand athletes, coaches, administrators, not only about their careers, but uh, sometimes particular games, seasons, issues. And last weekend, well, we talked about uh, the game no one should talk about, the 2019 Cricket World Cup final, because that uh, sh- sort of shares an anniversary, doesn't it? I think they come in consecutive days, the 14th and 15th of this month. Uh, last week, we looked at the uh, the uh, World Cup of 2019. Well, in 2000, there was quite an extraordinary game of rugby, quite an extraordinary um Group of games against Australia that year. I, I do remember the first ever Test match at Westpac Stadium and some guy, John Eales, um, uh kicking a late penalty to uh, break New Zealanders' hearts at that first Test in Wellington. But uh, in Sydney in front of an, an enormous crowd, one of the very best games of rugby was uh, played. Our Saturday sed- uh, Session Legends uh, segment this week will take a trip down memory lane and look at that extraordinary encounter uh, some have uh, called the Game of the Century uh, the All Blacks visiting Australia and Sydney, the 2000 Bledisloe. We're going to catch up with one of the try scorers, familiar voice to um, SENZ, Peter Alatini, uh, joins us. Stay with us The Saturday session. Legends in association with Somerset is up next. Think legendary care. Think Somerset Retirement villages.
1: Half there into space here. Lomu. Here they go again. Only Latham to beat. Regan's across. He easily beat Latham. And another try coming up here for New Zealand. two tries in three minutes what a start to Bledisloe 2000 and the tri-nations they're finding some great gaps Alatini again and a third try to Cullen it's raining tries here it's a demolition at Stadium Australia Australia now Kaeper Two and a half minutes to go. Australia by one point. Alatini. Hiramia. Sandwiched in midfield. Kelleher. Randall. And Lomu. Can he do it? Larcombe. Lomu has won the game surely for New Zealand. This has been a magnificent comeback by the All Blacks.
3: Oh, the dulcet tones of one Gordon Bray, the long-time Australian rugby commentator, bringing home the All Blacks, much to his uh, disgust, I'm sure. An extraordinary game of rugby in 2000. Last week was the anniversary. Welcome into another edition of the Saturday Session Legends segment, where we like uh, to take trip down memory lanes to speak to athletes about not only their careers, but uh, particular seasons. And in this instance, uh, arguably one of the finest rugby games ever played. In 2000, uh, between the All Blacks and Australia, it was raining tries. New Zealand scoring three in the opening uh, stanza in front of 109,874. These were halcyon days for Australian rugby, for sure. Fresh off uh, winning the 1999 World Cup, of course, under John Eales. Um, they weren't uh, able to beat New Zealand in Sydney. 39 35 it finished with John Olomu scoring what, three and a half minutes after the 80 minute mark, deep into uh, at a time. Uh, an extraordinary game. Uh, we welcome in one of the men uh, you heard scoring a try there, one of the men you've heard throughout uh, our Super Rugby coverage here on SENZ. We're absolutely delighted to welcome in uh, Peter Alatini into the program to uh, take a trip down memory lane. Uh, Peter, welcome to the show. How are you doing this Saturday? Morning, Peter. Oh, good afternoon, man. Fantastic, actually. Uh, it's not raining, uh, and the sun's a little bit out, so we can't complain here, here in in the mainland, can we? Well, I, indeed. I, I I have seen you on TV a bit this year. Twenty two years ago, this game was. You've aged well, Grant has it. Wow. You've aged very well. <laughs> Twenty two years now, Peter. Twenty two years last week. Does it feel like yesterday being in a game like that?
7: Oh mate, look, just just hearing the uh, commentary and the crowd and stuff, it does give you uh, the old goose goosebumps um, every time I see it or or hear it. So, uh, yeah, I can't believe it's been that long, mate. We're oldies, we're oldies now. Uh, We can't call other peeps around me that they're old. Uh, We're amongst it all now, but um, but uh, such a great memory though.
3: We, we only have fifteen minutes generally for this segment, which is not enough time to actually talk about every little thing that happened in that extraordinary game. It would take us forty minutes to talk about the first forty minutes.
2: Well, well Peter, I must I must admit, Daniel Daniel brought up this midweek when we did our preparation because we were well prepared for the show, and he said, "Listen, we're doing the two thousand uh, game," and I at that time I was a Springbok supporter. Apologies, um, I hadn't moved. I hadn't moved to New Zealand yet, but I watched the highlights of that game and. The highlights go for 25 minutes. Oh, what a game. Like running <laughs> rugby, the intensity as well. Um, I mean, I was just in awe watching it. It was a different game
3: to what we've seen um, in, in current sort of rugby. It, times have changed. I, I'd like to know, what was it like, firstly, arriving at Stadium Australia, of course, you know, they held the Olympics, 109,000 people there. E- extraordinary. It was, phenomenal. It, was, it
7: was phenomenal. The fact that we, we stayed in Holmbush, um, that, uh for that test, so And it was my first Bledisloe. So um, when all the trains were coming in, you just see the sea of yellow, sea of black, sea of yellow. Then I started crapping myself going, Jesus, what's going on here? And, and knowing it was my first uh, low and, and knowing the tradition and history behind it, it was nerve-wracking. But in, at the same time, when we arrived at the stadium, just, the, uh, just how awesome the, the feeling around it was it was going to be a, a really good game. Um, I, and, and the time... We were developing something new uh, under um, Wayne Smith, and it was quite exciting. It was what you saw was exactly um, what we kind of planned to do. It was all about ball movement. It was all around beating men rather than trying to run straight into them. What they called T-bone back then. Um, so, so it was kind of made for an exciting brand. And knowing as well, I was an awe, of, I was a great supporter of the way the Wallabies played leading in from from I think after the demise of 95 I think under McQueen and how he built that group uh, back up and, and the skill level of of the, of the players that were in it so I was a great fan of the way they played too so kind of you get those two teams together at that time you're always down for for something exciting and and everyone was in that kind of I, I suppose our mindset were around the attacking I think some some of us forgot to tackle though <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, they're, 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 yeah, um, yeah, very much so. Uh, much to our joy, the fans, that is. But you talk about Rolls-Royce backlines. Holy cow, man. Like, Marshall <laughs> Mertens, Elatini Yirumir, Umanga Cullen Lomu on one side, and Gregan larkin Roth, Little Herbert, Mortlock, and Latham. Like, that Australian backline you must have had so much respect for. Oh, totally, man. Oh, and I was like a um, a Jason Little fan, mate. Oh, when I grew up, I remember him in 91,
7: between him and Horan. Yeah. I just yeah. loved the way they played. There were a lot on the ball movement. They, they both had good footwork. They had great skills. So we knew, we, you know, we were under no illusions every time we, when, when we when we were going on that game, knowing how good their backline, especially coming off Super Rugby and playing like the likes of the Brumbies and the Reds they were, and New South Wales, Waratahs. You knew the, the make of, of what these boys were going to come with. But it, that was the exciting thing. I think we could marry it and, and match it with something that we had as well. Like you said, Cullen Umanga and and Lomu, not bad to have. And then actually having oh, and, having the, the twins Marshy and Marshy and, and Mertz um, to to control the game it was something like you know it was pretty special to be part of.
3: That that start, the three tries in six minutes. Um, what are your memories of it? I, I remember the first one. You get a slice of luck. Terrible wipers attempt by Mertens is half charged down. <laughs> and you got yeah. You got you guys get the loose ball, and Umunga isn't it? Grabs it, knees away yep. under the bar. But then you score. Yeah. Um, you know, finishing off a Lomu break, um, and then you're in again, Cullen scores. Th- those opening six minutes, what do you remember? Mate, I just remember going so fast, and, and the fact that Bormund was going, and uh, Marcia will always say that,
7: that that try that I scored was his, but I said, mate, you yeah. never made it to the to the try line, mate. You would have got um, you would have got caught from Williams and he started cracking up. <laughs> but in, in terms of um, that, that period, what's just magical, things just clicked, you know, like... Um, you know, with with of uh, scooping off from from Latham's mistake, myself inside, and then Cully off of, of a great uh, footwork um, ball movement by Alama to to give me a short ball and, and to give the Cully. It happened so quick, and you know, like we were looking at each other. I just remember going, "Mate, this game was easy. This Blitters go game, mate. This is this is, this is <laughs> too easy." And then all of a sudden, a little bit behold, they scored straight after, and then all, all of a sudden the ding dong battle started happening.
2: Oh, Peter, I, I want to I rewind it before um, the game started because we've already spoken now. Inside five minutes, New Zealand are 21-0 up. I mean, it, it's all a bit of a blur, but can you explain the emotions and the feeling in the change room? Because I know yeah. I've been in the dugout at the MCG um, with 98,000. I can't imagine 109,000, and you can hear the crowd, the drone of the crowd and that intensity and that anxious feeling in the change room. Can you explain what you were feeling uh, going through into, into your first Bledisloe Cup and those emotions um, in the change room?
7: Yeah, totally. I, was, I think that it was kind of at the beginning, it was a bit of you know, like, uh, the unbelief because of, of the, the, the magnitude of the stadium, the people there, um, the history behind the Bledisloe, my first one. So for me, it was, it was just trying to control the nerves. But... Um, as, you, as we walked around in a a bit of tradition during games, just to, um, before a game, to go around the stadium to really kind of embrace what was happening. It was just amazing, mate. And, and, and then to be able to, the blood rushing, obviously, the haka. And then um, usually after the haka, my legs were dead because you put so much effort into it. And, and could So you had to kind of run around a bit to get a big back. But then just to have the start we did, it was, it was phenomenal. Like you said, the crowd, because obviously the, 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 we were... We were drowned by the, the wallabies in the sea of yellow. But as soon as we scored that first try and then that second one, I think they were just, <laughs> no, they weren't just beliefful what the hell was going on. Um, but it was just a, a real, real moment, I suppose, to really embrace that stuff that had that, um, happened so quick. But just the, 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 you know, because the memories of 99 was pretty tough um, yeah. after World Cup. So there's a lot of us that were involved in that World Cup campaign. And just wanted to really, I suppose, earn the respect again and the right from, our, from firstly, our family and our, and our fans and, and our country and, and really to take note to a team who'd come off World Cup that, you know, we're not far away. We, we're kind of here to, you know, to, to really start to, to get back, uh, get back our, 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 our charm as such and, and especially the respect, I suppose, is the biggest thing from, from the teams that we're playing.
3: The extraordinary uh, opening half in front of a world record crowd it was, Grant. It was a world record crowd um, uh, for that game. But you're trailing at half time because <laughs> cause they've come back, they've got their noses in front. Oh, I want to know what Wayne Smith is like at half time. Is he like, guys, the opening eight minutes was amazing. Now I'm going to berate you for the following 32 minutes? <laughs> you must have been so confused about where you sort of sat at half time. I think we,
7: were, we knew we were under no illusions. We knew that this team was good, you know, and, and to get that far. We, What we spoke about was around possession, and every time we held it, we were able to come away with points or or put the pressure back on them. But equally, when we lost it, uh, the fact that they were getting that that, that quick ball just as much as we were, our defence now were kind of turned into understanding how to transition quicker. And I think that was one of the big big, um, kind of talking points was around those transition periods. When, whether you're going from attack to defence or, or vice versa, we just had to be on guard. Um, to, I think remember, the connections had to be quicker done because, but you know, like you do, like you miss one tackle, miss a larkham, you miss at, at that time when they got rolling because of their skill level as well, offloads and, and keep the game uh, the momentum going. It was it was tough, but but it, it, you could tell it was one that you just couldn't give up. You had to stay in the fight. The, the, the team that that would, at any point, the other team would, would take take full advantage and, and run away with the game. But you would see that both teams weren't wanting to give an inch, and, and hence why I went all the way to Tolomu's try at the end. What
2: well, uh, what was the discussion in the change room at halftime?
7: Yeah, but to be honest, I was just trying to suck he can't remember
3: I was just trying
7: going. to get my bloody back, <laughs> mate. It was like I, I, you know, like there wasn't. There wasn't a sense of panic, though. I do remember... Yeah. There was still full belief within, within the team that this is... And we knew. We knew the magnitude that it's going to go the whole way. You know, we knew that um, because of of the way uh, the Aussies retaliated back straight after um, that we got in, we knew we were playing the class. And they were World Cup winners for a reason. So we went under no illusions that, you know, things were just going to happen. You know, we had to. we knew that we had to work hard. But I just... I, I remember just being absolutely... I mean, I was stuffed at half-time, but I remember full-time. I could barely talk, though. I, I had to just stay in my um, <laughs> your little code just just uh, The trainers just feeding you, making, forcing you to drink. But everyone had lost so much weight from how fast the game was um, and, and just real tired. I just remember being so, so tired after the game.
3: Yeah, because you played you play every minute, right? Yes,
7: I played the whole 80. Yeah. yeah.
3: I, I, I think only Leon McDonald didn't get on. Only Leon McDonald was was on the sideline uh, watching. The, uh, everyone was used, and that second half there's not as many um, not as many tries. Obviously, Marshall scores a great try for New Zealand. Of course, I'm sure he's told everyone about that repeatedly over the of years. Good day, Justin. Has. How you doing? <laughs> um, but there, there, there were you know you did have some chinks in your armour. There were, there were some. You probably look back at the highlights now and go some soft tackles that allow Australia back in it. Yeah. But what what what's the feeling like when you see? Gregan makes that break, tries to connect to the right-hand side, and finally Jeremy Paul, mouthing bloody hooker, scores with, like, a, a two minutes to go. What, what's it I like know, behind like the like goalposts, been... having, having gone behind with two minutes to go in this game? It, was it a bit of an airy feeling?
7: Yeah, it was, mate. I'm not going to lie. It was like, Jesus, how are we letting this one go? I mean, for me, it was like, I can't believe it. it they've just scored it again and we've only got this much time to go. But it was, you know, I think, again... We just again was was around that keeping that ball, and I think that was that was the key around being able to crack them was that we could, uh, kept the ball in hand. We played it and we just kept playing until we we were, we managed to actually break them at the end. But yeah, you know, it was definitely I can't tell you that I, that I was like oh we're going to get back there and, and and get it back and get theometer score. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was around. I think just keeping in the ball and just keep playing. I think that was the other stuff I remember we were encouraged. Do not go into our shells.
3: Keep playing, keep playing, but hold on to the ball. Nice. Yeah, that sounds very Wayne Smith, doesn't it? Um, doesn't and it wasn't day, just you – know. it, 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 it wasn't Jonah Loma rugby. It wasn't L1, 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 L1 uh, and let Jonah run away. Tane Randall's pass. Low catch. Yes. Gets two hands over the top. That's a, an amazing bit of skill, but – I'm sure you had a good uh, viewpoint of seeing Jonah take off with 22 metres to go. Was there any more beautiful sight that you ever saw in sport than Lama oh, going over? Yeah, where
2: were you? Where were you during that try?
3: I think I was on the ground. We because I remember
7: I think they played it on that shot. Me, me and Lama did a short ball, and we all went into that rut.
1: You and bang on. To come
7: up off and just going go go. <laughs> <Not even running. laughs> But just seeing at the back end of his boots going past, it was like, oh, my God, we've done it. But there's nothing um, uh, better to see, right? A big Jonah gallivanting. And just that, even that light-footed, you know, how he stayed inside up there, went around, might have been laughing, yeah. maybe? Uh, yeah. Just, just to stay in play, to go, to go around to put it down. By then, we're just like, just please put it down. <laughs> put it down. Um, but he yeah, it, was, it was an awesome sight and, and you know we, we, we missed a big follow and those uh, special moments
2: it's oh. great it's great to relive these moments and I mean you know you spoke about the the first five minutes being 21 nil up and um, you just looked absolutely so satisfied with your try like what does it feel like <laughs> to score a try in your first ever bleed low like you know you looked absolutely ecstatic. What does that feel like? Tell our listeners.
7: I, th- I think it's, it's, it just comes down to the people that you represent, you know? Like, um, there was a lead, and because my dad played for Tonga, and then my, my um, mm. Kefu's dad played for Tonga, so there was a big thing on that. And, and it really drove, I suppose, to kind of the, the journey that, that I've taken to get that far. And so the elation of one is, is recognizing my dad because it was his dream. And then obviously your family, your close families and then and, 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 and the team and the nation and, and everything about it. And then that's the elation that comes out because it's around the satisfaction of that hard work does pay off, you know, and, and you just got to keep at it um, to get to that place. But it's it's, it's it was unreal. And, and I think I was always one to always show elation. I wasn't, I want to be staunch about it. Um, it was just show relation in a respectful way, that, but it was more paying respects to those that, it, um, yeah. that helped me along yeah. the way.
3: Yeah, I'm so glad um, you are able to do that. Um, the final whistle sounds, I think, six minutes into stoppage time, but only after Christian Cullen tried to give... What was Kelly doing at the end? <laughs> the chip <laughs> over the top. He's still trying to score tries. Oh, what was he doing man, at the let's, end?
7: It's that's Kali down to a tee, right? Him and, Tana, him and Tana, at that time, was there was no such thing as kicking, right? Tana and them started developing the mm. kicking game come later on in, in life, but only because I feel that they didn't want to run anymore. <laughs> they started yep. to understand they couldn't run everything. But it was unreal. We were going, just get it out, would you? <laughs> they were still playing their own game. It was like, oh, no. <laughs> but this, that's the Hurricanes for you, mate. That's the Cane spirit right there yeah. those two. Given the ball oh, and Just go until it drops, you know. <laughs> how,
3: how good? How how good a celebration was it?
7: Oh, mate! Look, like I said, we we had a short turnaround because we had a with Springboks back at home the following week. We tried, we tried, but everyone was that knackered from the game. We we just enjoyed being in the changing room, enjoyed being back in our team room, but it was <laughs> I think it took the wind out of us because we. We well, usually, like, back then, you'd party like there's no tomorrow, it, you know? But it's like, um, but it was hard to really get us, uh, we just really lived in that moment just to really enjoy it together as a group, to be honest. I, I remember that was the feeling um, afterwards, everyone just in the changing room, and then um, after the aftermatch was back in the hotel, just to share and reflect and, and just enjoy it together. And I think that was a special touch um, around that whole that whole night and, and the whole celebration around it
2: well oh, peter i can I can hear the humility the passion um and the way that you reflect on that those times is is really fun times you you're an absolute legend and we've had some some really amazing guests and and you 're up there with the the best of them on our legends uh session but i I do need something from you before we go um, now we there, we spoke to someone about the chili eating competition, and I ate the ghost chili halfway through this um, segment and uh I was really struggling I had to go to the toilet now Daniel is it going to eat something called the Carolina Reaper Yeah the world's
3: hottest chilli it's like playing the the the, the wallabies in 2000 yes. world champs it's the world champs so so what it's I need from you is chili. I need yeah, yeah it's yes. the world champ of chilli
2: I need you to give Daniel a little bit of motivation going into the next sort of 30 minutes of the show before he eats it what words of advice can you give Daniel <laughs>
7: Daniel, mate, it's just a chili, brother. <laughs> pain, you're going to go It's through, John Eels over up, there, bro. Brother. That's block Stephen out, Larkin. Te- that's George Gregan. Let the tears Gregan. come down. Let the tears come down. Let it all go through. Bro. Just get to the end, cut. Get to the end. Be the lomu. Be the
3: lomu. Be the lomu. Be the lomu. That's it. Be Jonah. Be Jonah. Be the, yes, thank right, you, brother. Mate. Bring it home. You're a star. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us, my man. I look forward to speaking down the line. Take it easy. Thanks, Peter. Anytime, brothers. Thank you so much. Peter Alatini joining us, part of the uh, All Black side. that beat Australia in a quite extraordinary game 22 years ago this week. Um, Our coverage of the Saturday Session Legends segment in association with Somerset. Think new friends, new laughs, and a new home. Think Somerset Retirement Villages, somerset.co nz. I love this text here from Kimberly. Daniel, there it is. The word of the week. The legend just said it. It was exciting. The word right there is what we have been missing from the game. Well said, Kimberly. Well said. Do appreciate yeah, fantastic. Uh, your feedback. And I uh, hope you enjoyed that segment. I'm loving this Saturday session, legends.
2: Yeah. Uh, the one thing I got out of that, and we spoke about it before, is that you know we want the fans to show that there's absolute dedication to the you know the cause and to the team, and he said, you know, after the World Cup, we just wanted to earn respect back from our family and our fans. We wanted to earn the respect back, and you can see that if you go onto YouTube and you go and watch the highlights of this game, I tell you what, the pace that it's played with, and you heard Peter Alatini he said after the first five minutes he was exhausted, but that's a, you can't believe how many tries are scored in those first five minutes.
3: Amazing game it was. Yeah, Australia and New Zealand had some crackers around that time. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We will take a short break. We will catch up with Clado and team who are on the, on the road. I, th- I think they're out and about today.
2: Oh, an away trip. Treat every away trip like it's going to be yeah. your last.
3: Uh, we'll catch up with Clado after this break. Stay with us. This is SCNZ. <laughs> it is 17 minutes away from 1 o'clock. Quickly get your nominations in if you still want to win the prize. Thanks to Sleep Drops for our Sleep Drops performance of the week. Just need to highlight uh, the standout performer in sport this week. It's pretty simple, isn't it, Grant?
2: Yeah, I mean, you went for Ireland. Um, I'm actually going to go for Peter Alatini. I love that chat on the Legends segment, Um, just the humility and what an exciting game that is. I'm going to watch that again, those highlights. But what I will do is I'll say you have to try it, NewZealandSleepDrops.co.nz for all ages, lifestyle stages and sleeping challenges. Always read the label and take as directed. Get your Sleep Drops performance of the weekend
9: every week. Where's Clado today? Where is Clado? You've got an away trip, Claydo. We did. We're on tour. Good oils on tour we're at New Plymouth Racecourse, and lucky we chose to oh. go to New Plymouth today, not Rotorua.
2: Dangerous. Yeah,
3: dangerous. Rotorua a bit
9: wet. Oh, it's off completely. It's off completely, Rotorua. So just the one New Zealand meeting today here at uh, the beautiful necky. It's a beautiful day too. We have to do this more often.
3: Well if you were gonna choose, and this is with all due respect to Rotoro, if you're gonna choose one of the two destinations, you would have gone this one because A, you're there, and B it's what, probably the marquee racing today.
9: It is Open Acky Cup day today, so good field assemble for the cup, gets underway pretty early, uh two forty nine and our man Kempi, he's part owner of the top weight, just asked me, and Alan he has got two runners in the race, and if you listen to the mail run this morning, he can't separate them, so both gonna be hard to beat That's to a the lie. locals. Oh, Here's Louie. That's a lie. Louie's oh, here. Darcy I, LaBella wins. I, he- <laughs> oh, I, I, I
3: heard that very high-pitched, annoying tone. Hello, Louie.
9: <laughs> Hello. Hello, Daniel. <laughs> hey, Daniel, I bumped, guess who I bumped into last night
1: in uh, a craft brewery, classic, to find him there in New Plymouth? Your old sparring partner, Nick
3: Walker. Oh, the great man. Yeah, the great man, Nick G'day. Walker. Jo- George Worker's biggest fan, uh, Grant Elliott. Oh, really? Absolute <laughs> legend is Nick Walker. Um, big day ahead, Louis. You being well behaved. You you, you pull stumps at an appropriate time last night. Yeah, after uh, three of those uh, skunk juice 6.5% hazies, I was well on my way. And I knew uh-huh. that if I turned up a little bit groggy today, Sticks McKee would absolutely be into me. So I was, I was well sure behaved. Sure would be. <laughs>
2: hey, fellas, I need to ask you something. Is there a horse subtle that tees? is racing today? No, 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 not subtleties. I want subtle to know point. if there's a horse racing today that has the word hot or chilli or anything like that. Because Daniel's about to eat the Carolina Reaper uh, oh, chilli yeah. in front of us. And and it's good speaking, the hottest pepper in the world. And
3: I'll be honest, speaking to Clado and Herman White and yourself right now, I'm kind of over it. I just want to get this chilli done. Uh, it's in my head. Don't do it. It sounds Don't really do rude. It. It's the, oh, Don't do it. No, I've got to do it. Use I've got gloves to do it. Grant, you're gonna grant, grant it. If
9: you're going to touch it, use gloves. Because that stuff will yep. stay on your fingers all afternoon. And if you have a couple Thanks of for the you need talk. to go to the men's, don't. Thanks for, I, thanks for the pet talk, Plato. I do appreciate
2: it. So is there a horse with the word chilli or hot or anything today? Because I, I want to back that.
9: No. Hot salsa? No, Seriously, not, this? no, John Bell's got a couple of them, but not hot salsa, right? No. Uh, Seriously, this is like being on hot, death row.
2: Oh, I thought <laughs> I heard someone it, call like hot, bit? hot chocolate. Is a hot chocolate Don't. running oh.
9: today? There's a hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Oh, there uh, we go. Was that? Maybe. Voice Revel. In fact, oh, it's Vice Revel's right? birthday, Oh, is it? Rotorua. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, good, I, th- I think it is. Yeah, that's why I can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we've got Louis oh. Herman Watt right on the show. <laughs> Brilliant. Hey, have
3: a great show, guys. It sounds like you're going to have a whole Thanks, heap guys. of fun. Go enjoy it. Thanks, guys. The voice from will. the Mighty Naki. All right, here we go. Um, world's Hottest Chili. And Grant, of course, has to film it. Right. World's <laughs> Hottest Chili. How here we it? go. Daniel
2: McCarty.
3: Well, I've been it.
2: Oh yes, has a bit, isn't it? It's just a little bit.
3: I've got to have some more, don't I? Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing happening. Or maybe it was there's just dry. Happening.
2: Dry, bite. Oh, oh, here we no. go. Here we go. Why did
3: I have a second bite? Here we
2: go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll describe. He's closing his eyes. He looks like he's in. He's actually he's gone down to the floor now. His hands are on his knees. That's <laughs> he can't speak. <laughs> I think. Do we have? Do we have any? Oh my go- Anyone in uh, medical services here? He's breathing heavily. We might have to go to a break. Uh, ben Francis.
3: Twelve minutes away from one o'clock. This is ECNZ. We will be back with our sporting tips of the week. That you probably should run a mile from after this break. Seven <laughs> minutes away from one o'clock. This is the Saturday session. Time for the sporting tips of our week. <laughs> Tips you will probably run a mile from
2: <laughs> Be it, like Jonah
3: Be like Jonah It just like keeps Jonah. getting
2: hotter Doesn't it Daniel They keep
3: turning up the temperature And it's oh. not fair <laughs> It's hot enough In fairness um, Grant how many bites of your chili did you have?
2: No, I just had one Yeah
3: how many of mine did I have? You had you Seven ate, Seven I had seven bites I've eaten about a third of it Yeah yeah Half have. it My Get I'm getting the down, down hot. that road not going and it's making me, it's making me think weird things, like the Warriors are going to win by twelve plus today, Ben Francis. What time's that game kick off? Five o'clock. Five o'clock. So about quarter to seven tonight, Ben Francis. will be, be like Cristiano Ronaldo just after he's had some Botox.
0: Minus the Botox.
2: Minus the Botox.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I got the Warriors I got the Warriors tonight, lads. Oh, okay. What, what have you got,
2: Grant? I'm going to kick us off. I'm going uh, rugby league as well. I'm going to go the uh, multi with the bulldogs and Rabbitohs. Gives you just three dollars, but I think that that is easy money. That what did you say?
3: Easy money. All right. No, everything. I, I must I bulldogs, right, bull, bulldogs and Rabbitohs. Bulldogs and Rabbitohs. Ben Francis.
0: I honestly haven't I honestly haven't got a tip for you guys this week, but I just wanted to use this time to say well done, Daniel and Grant for, for actually attempting
2: the
3: <laughs> just, just looking at your f- uh, face right.
2: <laughs> uh he's a broken man. He is a broken don't, man. Oh my
3: god, don't put your t- uh, fingers in your eyes, man. Don't don't, don't. I'm sorry. Just looking, looking at Daniel's
2: face is hilarious. <laughs> Don't you worry, Ben Francis. I'm actually going to be coming down to uh, Auckland and I'll be taking this package up to Auckland for you to try the chili uh, this coming weekend. Some used chili. Yeah, oh, I'll yummy it in half. Oh yummy. Well good,
0: good thing is the day you're up here. I'm not at Luck work, fella?
2: so. Oh, we'll just leave the
3: package for the Saturday session. <sighs> you're going to Auckland? Yeah. So they're keeping you? No, no, no. That's right. I might not be back next week, we never know. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs>
2: It has been a great show, though. We spoke to Clint Myers on the chili-eating competition in Christchurch, which we did ourselves. Yeah, I can't believe they
3: hundred. that guy ate 160 of those chilies. That is yeah. just...
2: And I think the listeners man. were fantastic. Love the fact that Dean phoned in. We heard the passion, and then we heard him retract a comment. We heard the passion about everyone from the, the All Blacks and how they feel. But it's you, the listeners, that we want to hear from. Love the show. Daniel, Take care. Good. You look like you're in a world Take of pain. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a great week, ben everyone. In Francis, producer extraordinaire. See you next weekend. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy
1: three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Tyre Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.